Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. It is great to have you with us. Happy STL Day, 314. Yeah, 7 o'clock time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley. Good morning to you. Good morning. And the Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis. Good morning, sir. How are you? Glad to have you back. It's good to be here. I'm Randy Carriker. Yeah, it's good to be here. I I kind of... Well... Okay. Do you, you want to hear the story now? I do want to hear it. I okay. Gotta, I got to know what took place yesterday. So yesterday I'm doing jury duty. I came in for the first half hour of the show, and then I left at 730. Got to the county courthouse and didn't have to sit around long. Well, it was kind of a hassle. So what they do is they pick big panels of people to choose a jury. So the first group of people, they choose 40 people. My name doesn't get called. Second group of people, they choose 40 people. My name doesn't get called. By the way, our friend Rob Potbelly was one of the uh, people yesterday that was there serving jury duty as well. The third group, the guy comes up and says, we're going to, bailiff comes up and says, we're going to choose 54 people. And I'm like number 40 or 41 or 42 that's chosen. We get out in the hallway to take us up to the courtroom and he says, this is a high profile criminal case. That's all I'm going to tell you. And that's why we needed so many of you, because we needed to make sure that we could come up with 14 people, 12 jurors, two Mm -hmm. alternates, that had not heard about the case. So we get into the room, find out it's a murder trial. Okay. So it's a guy that allegedly uh, shot a man and his son several years ago here in St. Louis. And so I'm the only person in the whole room, like, dressed like a reasonable professional. Yeah. Everybody else, not dressed horribly, but right. I, you saw me yesterday. Yeah. I was wearing sport yeah, coat. Check it on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we go through the process, and the prosecution is asking a bunch of questions. A lot of questions. And I get asked a couple. And I, I'm actually kind of making an effort to feel like, okay? <laughs> to, 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 to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the people throughout the course of the morning, as they are asked the question, say, you know, I've got a vacation coming up. I'm leaving for vacation on Thursday. It's supposed to be a week-long trial. Or I've got a doctor's appointment. Or I really can't miss work. Got a lot of those. And that's cool. And so we go for a lunch break, come back, and they do some more questions. And then at the end, the guy says, okay, I just want to go through all the people that have things that are going on this week. So raise your hand if there's something going on in your life. So there's a woman that says, I just talked to my doctor. I have to get to my doctor right away. Guy says, yeah, I'm family vacation. We're leaving on Thursday. Guy sitting next to me was uh, leaving for a vacation on Thursday, going to Nashville, as a matter of fact. And uh, there were a couple of other people who had appointments. And the prosecutor (laughs) says, anything else? And so there's a guy sitting in front of me, between me and the prosecutor. I lean forward. He looks at me. 
I see. You realize the NCAA tournament starts Thursday, don't you? <laughs> I think at that point it was O V E R for Randy. We got work to do. We yep. got we got basketball coming up, sir. What yeah. are we doing here? Yeah. So they they uh, yeah. they kick all fifty four of us out to pick their fourteen. They bring us back. It was really quick. And uh, so they picked one through 14 quickly, and I was not one of the 14. And then we got off today. Thank goodness. The judge, very nice, says, yeah, that's uh, one of the positives about being on this jury panel is that you don't have to come back tomorrow. So here I am with you guys. There you go. Nice. Glad to have Welcome you back, back, Randy. So... And I didn't even have to do the Madden challenge. I didn't. I didn't do any NCAA tournament. Seemed to do the trick. So pretty cool. Sports, man. It's just sports. Yeah. We're going to talk to Panger coming up at the bottom of this hour. We're going to talk to Mike Claiborne at eight fifteen. Robert Thomas, Blues Center at nine for Robert Wright. And then uh, we're going to talk to ESPN Sports betting host Tyler Fulgham, talking the NCAA tournament coming up in the nine o'clock hour as well. Uh, we mentioned three one four day coming up at eight o'clock. We're going to have a draft of 314 Foods, which is a pretty extensive list, if you weren't aware of it. So look forward to that draft, and we'll put that up on the old Twitter machine and take a vote. Uh, USA Baseball wins last night over Canada by a score of 12-1. to 1. Nolan Arnato, a couple of RBIs. He had a double that opened the scoring in a nine-run first inning. And here it is. Arenado hammers one. That's fair. That's trouble. That's in the corner. Betts will score. Trout will score. And a double for Arenado and a 2 nothing start for U.S. Yeah, but they just kept it going. And Mike Trout, their number two hitter, they came back around and he capped the scoring in the first inning. Now Trout launches one. Left center. Gone. Three-run shot. Screw those Canadians. <laughs> Nine runs in the first, three in the second, and we roll by a score of 12 to 1. USA, USA. Nolan Arenado was one for three. You heard that hit with a couple of runs scored, a couple of RBIs. Goldie was one for two with a run scored. He walked a couple of times. Trout was one for two with three RBIs on the night. The pitching for the USA, Lance Lynn, goes five innings. He gets the win as the starter, Miles Michaelis, two innings of great relief work. And because of the mercy rule, which should apply in Major League Baseball, Hmm. they only win seven innings. That's a great rule, I think. Maybe not. You know, nine runs in the first inning is a lot. Uh, for the Canadians to give up, man, really didn't have a chance to get back into it. By the way, Tyler O'Neill had a hit for the USA. He's a number three hitter for or for Canada. He's a number three hitter for Canada, and uh, he's hitting seven fourteen during the World Baseball Not Classic. Not bad, Randy. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, no other Cardinals are on that Canadian list. So, yeah, we we love you, Canada, most days. But yesterday, yeah. <laughs> deal with it, right? Deal with it. Uh, the Cardinals down in spring training. We'll be back at it today. And uh, we're hearing some predictions from down in Florida. And uh, Greg Amzinger has Newt on the outside. Brooke, I know that you don't have Newt on the outside. Give us Never. the t- different titles for the Newt, Lars Newt Bar fan club. Uh, different titles. So we have... Your CEO. I'm the CEO president. Founder. Um, ownership group of the Lars Newt Bar <laughs> fan club. Governor? Um, yeah. I mean, whatever, you know, monarchy, all of yes. it. Yes. 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 All, all of the above. Uh, Lars Newt Bar, international sensation. <laughs> He's taking it over. 
one pepper grinder at a time. There you go. Yeah. They, they, all the fans have real pepper grinders now in Japan. Oh, they they are all about it. I, I love seeing the videos, too, of like the little kids doing it as well, even the newscasters. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, you like to see Shohei Otani getting in on that, too. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yes. So, yeah, Shohei is going to come here as a free agent because of Lars Newbar. We're, we're, we're working on that. That's what Lars is. That's what his, his job is. I mean, obviously, to help mm-hmm. Team Japan win as many games as possible. But the ultimate goal is to work on Shohei Otani and make sure that he can be in a Cardinal uniform <laughs> next like season. That, 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 that's really the, the outlying goal. That, that's why he went. We know that. He's a Cardinals fan. And Lars is hitting 429 for Japan. So, of these predictions that are happening down in spring training, obviously this room doesn't think that Newt's going to be on the outside looking in. Katie Wu has Jordan Walker starting in left. So, if you have Jordan Walker playing left and you have Lars Newtbar in the outfield, then what? Tyler O'Neill In, in center, center field. field. Yeah. I, I said this last week. You were out, Randy. I really felt <laughs> you like... You thought it early. Yeah, because Jordan Walker was getting so many opportunities in left field. And you, Newt was obviously not there. So it felt to me like Jordan Walker was going to be your opening day left fielder, just the way that he's been performing. Uh, we know he got a little bit of a bang, banged up shoulder, but hopefully that'll be taken care of and, and not have any, any long-term uh, effects. But I think he's done an outstanding job. And you look at what Tyler O'Neill has done, it just feels like Dylan Carlson is going to be the odd man out because of just not enough spots <laughs> for, for, those, for all of those guys out there. And, and those three are playing particularly well. I wonder, and, and obviously Tyler O'Neill expressed the interest in playing center field. Defensively, though, because of Jordan Walker's arm, I wonder if he goes to right and Newt goes to left. And their best alignment actually might be to have O'Neill in left, Newt Bar in center, and Walker in right. Mm. And then I wonder if they trade Dylan Carlson. Cold dead hands, Dylan Carlson. Look, Dylan Carlson hasn't been bad this spring training, though, is the only thing. He's been dealing, you know, with some arm fatigue, which is why you've seen him in that DH role. And he's done well. I mean, in 24 at-bats this spring training, has two home runs, both against lefties, which is something that you like to see. And he's driven in seven runs as well. So it's not like he's doing terrible right now for them. Does the arm fatigue give you any cause for concern, being that, I mean, obviously it's early in spring training, but, you know, you you never want to have any any issues that 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 pop up yeah i mean i guess it's better than you know something serious if he's able to play i think that that's at least good for him i mean i see him possibly in that dh role i don't think they're going to completely rule him out because you know we discussed this last week carrie is it more of last season was a sophomore slump paired with injuries with him. We can't forget about, he had a great rookie season. I mean, he finished, what was it, like third in rookie of the year voting for his rookie season. So, last year that could have been more of everybody, everybody seems to go through it, right? A sophomore slump, then you had injuries. He's coming back. He's doing what you asked for him to do, which is hitting against lefties, doing better in that regard. Same thing for Nolan Gorman. You have to give props to him. Now, I know that he's a lot streakier. He hasn't been as well lately. And I, to me, maybe they're going to give him more of a chance. That's why I, I'm going to stand by it. I mean, Jordan Walker has been fantastic. Are they going to have him exactly starting in the outfield to start the season? I don't know. They might prefer to give him some seasoning in AAA simply because he has not played in AAA yet. It'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds. By the way, Brooke, to your point with Dylan Carlson, we tend to forget because he's 24 years old. Aaron Judge came up as a 25-year-old. Mm-hmm. 
Jordan Alvarez came up as a 24-year-old. Austin Riley came up as a 24-year-old. Those guys came up at the, the age that Walker is in his third year right now. 2021, 20, 24th year right now. Yeah. I, I'm excited about, you know, what he has, what he brings to the table. He's just a phenomenal. I, 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 I meant Carlson. Yeah, I said Carlson. Walker. Yeah, yeah, I knew what you know. The, I'm, uh, he, he, is, uh, he, is, he, has, he has potential, but I just don't think he's going to be – I think he's going to be the odd man out. It's just too much talent in that outfield, and just guys are really playing extremely well. And another name we've talked about. I, I know Moises. he's your guy. Not even no, no, not oh, Moises. Wow. No, I, I, I've kind of fallen off the Moises Gomez bandwagon yeah. just a little bit. Mason, stud. Mason Wynn. Yep. That's another name that when you're looking at this roster, I don't think he'll be here opening day, but at some point he will be your starting shortstop, and it will be in 2023. It, it, it's just going to happen. There's too much talent there for you to to to. I don't want to say waste in the minors, but just you know, not get the the major league experience. He has so much talent, and if he's hitting the ball well as as well as he has been this spring, some point in 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 this uh, season, he will be your starting shortstop, and he's not going to be removed from that spot for eight, ten, twelve years. Kerry, a lot of people got mad at me when I said the Cardinals feel like they don't need to give. Trey Turner $100 million because they feel like they have a guy with a Trey Turner skill set in their minors that's going to be here by 2024. I'm with you. I think he'll be be here earlier. I Mm -hmm. think Wynn will be here earlier. And we've seen it this spring. It is a Trey Turner type skill set. Yeah, I... I, I, I don't disagree with you because we've seen it many times with the Cardinals. I mean, if you even look at the way that Lars Newbar was brought in, Brendan Donovan was brought in, mm-hmm. they don't have a problem bringing in these rookies who are showing a lot of power and a lot of talent. Mason Wynn, we've seen that from yeah. him. It's going to be a matter of when. Is it going to be what Mike Claiborne says of, is it going to be flag, flag day? day? <laughs> flag day is the yeah. big day of when, <laughs> what the roster will be looking like by then. Uh, you never know, especially with injuries popping up, too. It, there's just so much competition that it's exciting to see, right? It's I mean, really you cool. could say that about just about every position yeah. other than, obviously, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. I think they've pretty much secured their spots. But as far as everybody else, it's kind of up in the air. Yeah, it really is. Cardinals and those cheating Astros today at noon down in Florida. (laughs) Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like how you put that together. (laughs) So will you ever think that people will let that go? No. That's a tainted championship, isn't it? That's just like the first three Patriots championships. They're all tainted. They aren't real. They don't count. They don't count. <laughs> put a little that, asterisk there. Yeah, they won't right. put one next to the Astros. I, if there was ever a team that needed an asterisk next to their uh, championship, it would be the it would be the Houston Astros. No doubt. If we there was know in, everything. In, in all of sports, I mean, obviously the Patriots did what they did. That was awful and and shouldn't have been allowed. But the Astros were were in game cheating. Like yeah. it's one thing to pregame cheat; <laughs> it's mm-hmm. another thing to in game cheat. And so obviously too, right? <laughs> yes. So anyway, Zach Thompson goes for the Cardinals today. Belak for Houston. It's a noon game. A couple of other things: the Blues back in action tomorrow night. They take on the Wild in a seven thirty pregame right here on one hundred and one ESPN. And the St. Louis U women's basketball team playing in the NCAA tournament. They will play Saturday in Tennessee at the Summit, which will be 
something. You're familiar with that as a Tennessee native. They'll have their hands full. Doesn't yes. matter, well, if the Tennessee women's team is in the tournament, you know they're really good. And that's got to be as good a home court advantage as there is in women's basketball. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's obviously a legendary program with what Pat Summit did. And then the Lady Vols have just always been super talented. But you also have to tip your hat to what SLU women's basketball has done. I mean, first-year head coach to be able to build that program so quickly to where they're finding success, I I mean, that's super impressive in yeah. itself. Yeah, first opportunity to make it. You know, it's a, it's an experience. You get to go to Tennessee, which, as you said, it's going to be a – it's always a tough challenge going down there playing. You know the, the history and the legacy that the Tennessee Vols women's basketball team has. But shout-out to SLU women's, man. They, they are, you know, had, have the opportunity, did a great job this season, and hopefully go down there and get a win. All right, we are off and running here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, the NFL's legal tampering period is already underway, and we've seen a lot of players move already. We'll tell you who they are next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. there will be multiple teams interested in at least exploring the possibility of a Lamar Jackson trade. I don't know that you're going to see the offer sheet, you know, the franchise tag offer sheet, the two first round picks. I think that it's more likely the teams will call the Ravens, say, are you interested in moving him? Is he interested in moving on? We still don't know that, by the way, if he wants to leave. But if he does, I think you'll see teams talk to the Ravens about a potential trade and then try and sell Lamar on their idea for a new contract. Very similar to what Devontae Adams did last year. The Packers franchised him, then they worked out a deal to trade him to the Raiders. Then Adams signed the franchise tender, which was his way of agreeing to the trade. He had already negotiated a new deal with the Raiders. That's ESPN's Dan Graziano talking about Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens, who's a restricted free agent. Conveniently, Dan left out the team that might give Lamar Jackson the Deshaun Watson contract. What team is going to do that? <laughs> that's Dan. That's what we are waiting on, right? We're, we're waiting to hear, you know, uh, what's going to happen with him. Him being tagged with the uh, non-exclusive tag, meaning whoever wants to reach out to offer him a contract can, um, but they would have to. The, the, the Ravens have an opportunity to match that contract, and if they don't, that team has to give up a couple of first-round draft picks. There are the day for teams to actually be able to reach out is actually tomorrow. So Mm -hmm. teams can start to, I guess, court Lamar Jackson if that's the route that they want to go. But I'm I'm wondering at this point, what's left? Where is left? What teams are are available? You still look at the New York Jets who are waiting waiting with bated breath for Aaron Rodgers to Mm -hmm. give them an answer. If he does white puff of smoke, (laughs) (laughs) exactly waiting for him to come out of darkness again to give them an answer. But uh, if he doesn't give them the answer that they're looking for, they just lost Mike White. Uh, You're looking at Zach Wilson. You already know that you want to move on from him. He might not want to be there. You you have uh, an opportunity there for maybe Lamar Jackson. But I don't really know where else you would be looking at if you are the uh, if you are a team and if you're Lamar Jackson, other than the Baltimore Ravens and signing that, that franchise tag that they gave you. I want to get your p- opinion. Do you think Lamar Jackson is hurting himself by not having an agent? Mm, I, normally, no, because the market is the market. So essentially, if you are quarterback A and quarterback A gets $100 million and you're better than quarterback A, 
you get $101 million or $110 million. That's just how it works. I think what Lamar, I think he is at the point now where he is saying there is no way in the world there's going to be a quarterback in my division that is not better than me, that is making more than me in my division. If it was Aaron Rodgers, if it was Tom Brady, if it was Peyton Manning, you wouldn't have a quarterback in that division and that team say, okay, he's going to make more than you. It wouldn't matter that that quarterback is, is you know, they consider that that contract an outlier. Oh, that's a, that's not a contract that we're going to pretend. We're just going to pretend that contract doesn't exist. And Lamar's like, no, it's on paper. It's in mm-hmm. ink. It exists. You can Google it. it. It's a real contract. And I should be paid more than this man. And we're in the same division. So I, I think that's where he stands. And I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. I think the difference for me would be that players with agents subsequent to the Watson signing, like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, signed deals that aren't fully guaranteed. They're pretty close to the guaranteed money that Watson is getting. And I wonder if there's a scenario out there where Lamar could be very close to the guaranteed money, the 230 that Watson is getting, but sign a contract that exceeds the total value. That may be a possibility, but I I, I think... I think he's uh he's, he's dug he's, in. There's no doubt. Yes, indeed. Okay, a uh, big first did you have something to add there? Brooke? No, I'm just I'm listening along with this. I think the Lamar Jackson thing is so interesting because we were talking about if there's collusion amongst the NFL yeah. owners of okay, we're going to make sure he doesn't get what he wants in this. And I do still think it might have a little to do with him representing himself. That seems to be so different in the NFL especially amongst star quarterbacks as well too. Mm-hmm. And also, do you think these teams are not actually working on deals right before this period that we're talking about? Yeah. Th- I mean, this is so they can't sign anything. This is the, the legal tampering period. I put in air quotes because years past it was like midnight <laughs> and everybody was already. How, the hell, how is he signing this contract at 1201? He's already had it worked out for the last two days. So uh, the NFL has said, OK, you get this legal tampering period and they actually get to sign the contract, uh, I believe, tomorrow. Yeah. But yesterday. During the legal tampering period, the Bears, for example, signed defensive end Demarcus Walker and linebackers Tremaine Edmonds and T.J. Edwards, along with offensive lineman Nate Davis. They they negotiated all of these multi-million dollar deals within an hour? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Easily, right? Even with that, right? They found a way. The Denver Broncos did an outstanding job also. They got a few linemen that I think, you know, they needed help up front. They got to keep Russell Wilson clean. You're paying him hundreds of millions of dollars. You want him to stay up and not get knocked down. Mm-hmm. And so Sean Payton is going to do a good job of making sure that they have the correct offensive line in front of them, make sure they have the receivers that can get the ball to. So I think that they did a pretty good job signing Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey yeah. uh, to 50 and $87 million contracts. Yeah. And Powers played every single snap for the Ravens last year. He was their best interior lineman. McGlinchey, the right tackle for San Francisco, had another good year, although he was hurt at the end of the year. But that'll be a big loss for San Francisco. And the Broncos also signed linebacker Alex Singleton and defensive end Zach Allen. And, of course, uh, they have their new coach in Sean Payton. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of players want to go to that combo of Denver and Sean Payton. Yeah, I mean, if you are an offensive player at this point right now, I wouldn't be surprised if they find a couple of more receivers. Some guys, they're going to get Javante Williams back from in the backfield. He, yeah. he tore his ACL last year. But 
receivers, they're going to find a couple of guys, I think, that, that can definitely help them downfield and, and stretch the field. Maybe Jerry Judy, he's, done, he, he's, he's one of those guys, but he has to catch the ball consistently, and he hasn't done that enough throughout his entire career. If he does it, he will be very good. Yep. One other one, guys, Jimmy G to the Raiders. Yeah. Re- rejoins Josh McDaniels. <laughs> you like it? I, I guess. Jim- I don't know. I It's going to be, I, I think, you know, with Jimmy G going to to Las Vegas, it, it's it's an interesting decision. I, I think they have the familiarity. Him and him and um, Josh McDaniels, they understand one another. They've worked together. I, I my thing is, if you have a star receiver in Devontae Adams who got traded because he wanted to play with his best friend and Derek Carr, and his best friend is no longer there, I wonder if there's some some turmoil. You know, in the building, obviously you're a professional. You don't really get to choose, you know, but he did. He was able to choose where he wanted to go, thinking his friend would be there long term, and now he's out the door. And you got Jimmy G in there who's often hurt, who uh, they're playing in a rough division in the AFC West. I don't know how much he adds value to that to that organization. And you gave Garoppolo $67.5 million over three, $34 million guaranteed. And you're right, he he's hurt all the time. Jimmy G's made a lot of money. Why did you cut Derek Carr? <laughs> I don't know. He plays all the time. He wasn't making significantly more money than that. Just add some defense, man. Like, yeah, and an offensive lineman. Defense. What are we doing? Amazing. I don't know. So, I'm not... That's why I, I would love to to be in some of those rooms and just sit there and like because I think some people outthink themselves. I think some people are too smart mm-hmm. for their own good. Like, yeah, that's a dumbass decision. Like that doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know why you would do that. But, you know, they get paid a lot of money and then they get fired, so who knows? It's funny that we're, we're criticizing the Raiders here because I, I was laughing when somebody pointed out that if you compare the combined stats of all the Saints quarterbacks last year, it's pretty much just an exact copy yeah. of Derek Carr's stat line from last year with the right. Raiders. So it's funny that the, 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 the Saints make their move, everyone makes a big deal, and it's like, what did you just do? Raiders make the corresponding move, and it's, what did you just actually yeah. trade for? <laughs> it's just essentially it's, the same. We call it a quarterback carousel, and this time it is most an apt analogy. <laughs> it really just is. The same same thing going over and over. So the official NFL League year starts tomorrow. Brooke, Carey, Randy coming up. Panger talking blues on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis, I'm Randy Carricker, and we go now to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and joining us is the Blues Analyst on Valley Sports, and also Analyst on TNT, Darren Pang. Panger, good morning. How you doing? Well, good morning to you all. Did I just hear that uh, USA just absolutely throttled Canada 12-1 to 1 in the World Baseball? Yeah, we did hear that. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. You get well, us in hockey you know, all the time. You get yeah, us in well, curling. <laughs> Yeah, well, curling. Well, golf is coming on. We're coming on in golf in Canada too. I oh, just, no doubt about it. You're lefties, <laughs> man. I nearly took Canada versus the field in the uh, the players' championship. Good thing I didn't do that. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Doing Good. great. Good. Good. Well, Panger, obviously a big weekend for Jordan Cairo. He gets the Hattie on Saturday night, and then he gets his 30th goal this season on Sunday in that loss against the Las Vegas Golden Knights. How do you predict that he will finish up the rest of the season? And it's got to make you feel pretty good going into next year with that that big contract kicks in. You know what, Brooke? I think there's uh, there's just 
a lot of pressure, a lot of different probably emotions this year. Um, a real, I mean, a real season to learn from. And, you know, I, obviously you we're watching both Robert, who's going to be on the, on your show just in a little bit and, and Jordan. And I think the biggest challenge they both have is, is, and, and same with Jordan down the stretch here, because you're going to be playing some good teams that are fighting for the playoffs. And I think that's, what's going to be good about it is how do they match up against the other team's very best defensive centermen, the very best defensive lines, the very best defensive, uh, you know, um, uh, D units, um, that that's where it's the biggest test. That's what's got to be fun for these guys. So if they're having success down the stretch here against the good teams, I don't mean the bad teams. I don't mean the, no offense to the ones that are fighting for Connor Bedard. And, and I know the Blues are, are now in the what top nine for that as well. But, 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 but you know, you don't, you're racking up points against the Columbuses and the teams that, that, that are, haven't been close for years and years and years. You want to be racking up the points and playing well. And five on five, you want to be, you know, dominant players against the good teams that are that are going right now. So, listen, I just saw I just saw two teams. Uh, I'm basically back to backs. I saw Detroit and uh, and Boston. I did the second game of the back to back on Sunday for TNT. You know, I, I watched the Red Wings that are out of the playoffs right now, and they. They battled hard. They're young players, very similar position to what Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas are on, going up against Patrice Bergeron, going up against, you know, their top D uh, pairs and and having success. So I think that's what they've got to kind of got to be motivated for going forward is 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 not against the easy teams, but against the hard teams and to see where they're at uh, for those ones. But all in all, scoring 30 goals in the National Hockey League is a great accomplishment. And I know there's been some ups and downs for both those players, but still, those are those are awfully good numbers to have. Hey, Banger, we had uh, Curves on yesterday, and, and he was talking about the hangover or the cloud that kind of lingers during the trade day, deadline and a little bit after. Do you feel like this Blues team is out from under that cloud finally? People are playing more freely and having a little bit more fun because they know, A, they're going to be here uh, and what the season is going to – and B, that the season is, is, is still some opportunities for them to show what they're able to do. You know what, Kerry? It's always a fine line between that. I think there's a – you know the 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 you got to be careful when the pressure's off and you know you're not a playoff team and you're not battling for every point you know playing loose you know versus playing with structure and 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 you know playing the way you want to play going up the next year but fact of the matter is i mean Kasperi Kapanen's new to this team and he's going to be here next year and same with uh same with Jacob Verana and and so you know, for those players to find their way into the system of, of Craig Berube and to, and to be, you know, to be on board, to be, to be all feeling the same way and, and to battling for one another and to, to create something here, you know, in the last 15 games that, that they can build on in the off season and, and, and get to for next year is very, very important. I mean, extremely important because if let's say the last 15 games, you don't have that and you don't have that, that harmony or that fighting for one another, Boy, then Doug Armstrong's, you know, then he's, he's challenged. And then he's got to, you know, some of these roster spots that he's probably thinking, okay, I need may need a, a third-line center and may need a third-line right winger. Looks like the fourth line uh, may be all set with uh, Torpchenko and, uh, and Alexandrov and uh, maybe a Sammy Blay on, on that side of it. So, you know, you, what you have to do as a team is to make sure that you convince everybody here that uh, this is a team that can that can go out next year and, and really compete hard. So, um, so all those things being said, yeah, I would I would agree with Curbs, man. But I would also say to these players, you know, playing loosey goosey versus playing, 
you know, still within the system and still within the structure, but having that enthusiasm with one another, that's going to be a very, very important part. Panger, if you can envision Pavel Butchnevich as a center mm-hmm. reaching his peak, what do you see? <laughs> he said to me the other day, Randy said, uh, oh, I don't know how much I'm in for this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I said to him, uh, we were in Columbus, and I said, well, I, I think it's important to figure that out because, you know, for next year, you know, if you're a centerman, then, then again, then Doug Armstrong's, you know, looking at different options. If, if you're not a centerman, well, now we, you know, now, now we got to look for, you know, for a centerman for that spot. I said, why are you not, why, why don't you think so? And he goes, oh, I just did, it's a, um, what do you say, coming back to my own zone, not quite figuring out where to go with the defenseman, you know, on breakouts, just little things like that. But, you know, he's got an incredible brain and, and calmness with the puck. And I, I like him at center. I like the fact that when he – listen, we showed a couple of uh, – um, we didn't do – or I did not do the last game. Uh, Jamie Rivers did. I, but the the game before that, you know, we had some good some good replays uh, as we isolated on him, losing a face-off, taking his man right back, to, you know, in the defensive zone, um, winning a face-off, staying with his man, and then releasing. Uh, I thought he'd, he's done some really good things. Now, again, you know, that's against Columbus and the San Jose's. And, you know, you know, right now they're not very good teams, as we well know. But still, um, it's still the responsibility. And it's the brain, Randy, that's the biggest thing. It's how you think the game. And, and he's a good two-way player. I, I would like to see him there for the rest of the year and give it a real honest shot at it and see where he's at. Well, Panger, you know, looking ahead to free agency, you know, we saw Ivan Barbashev this past weekend, and then tomorrow we're going to see Oscar Sundquist come in. And then you mentioned they might need to go find a centerman, and the first guy I can think of that's also going to be a free agent this summer is Ryan O'Reilly. Out of those three names, is there one or even another former Blue? Because we saw the success of bringing Sammy Blay, bringing him back and that energy it brings back and how he has that familiarity with the team. Is there a name in that that I just listed that you think could come back this summer with the Blues? Mm, yeah, that would be – that would really uh, depend on how those teams do. Uh, I mean, you know, Barbashev's a UFA. I don't see him coming back, Brooke. Um you know, I think it's been well documented that he, you know, he owned a house here with his wife and his and his baby, and they they've sold that house and are closing in March. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think from the beginning when he negotiated or had that discussions with uh, with Doug Armstrong, I think it was quite clear that the dollar figure he and his agent believe they are going to get is is beyond you know this the space that the Blues have here. So I'll throw that out there right away. I, I think that Oscar Sundquist is a is is a guy that has really been banged up the last few years. So he probably doesn't fit the the mold of where we're going, although who wouldn't want Oscar Sundquist back? So I would never rule that, you know, Sonny coming back, but um, it would still be on that bottom six, I would have to think. That's where he ended up in Detroit, and that's where, he, he you know, that's where he's playing a little bit there in Minnesota. So um, the other one is Ryan O'Reilly. Okay, so Ryan O'Reilly, I always keep the door open for Ryan O'Reilly. I just, I do personally. Um, I think that uh, with how much he loves it here, um, but the same at the same time, you know, his his market value is going to be very important. He's not going to, you know, he's at the latter stages of his career, you'd have to say, but not at the point where he's taken a, you know, a, a 
uh, Nordstrom rack dollars. I think he's still in the Nordstrom area. If you, <laughs> if you want me to put it the right way, and I would, I would have to say that. Uh, and it all depends on how how it goes with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, heck, if they win the first Stanley Cup since 1967, uh, I mean, if I'm Ryan O'Reilly, I might want to sign for just one year there and at least join in the celebration, if you know what I mean. Um, but if if it doesn't go well and they don't win or they lose in the first round and he's back out there again and and available um, sentiment, boy, how how could you not? For all he's done for the Blues and what he does with the young players, and he's still a very, very good player. You know, I think this was a, an off year, an aberration uh, for Ryan O'Reilly. So, boy, that'd be that'd be something that I would, uh, I, you know, I, I personally would be pretty excited about if that were to ever happen as we look forward. Panger, do you expect to see any change uh, from the defensemen going into next season, or, or do you think they're all, you know, we'll be looking at the same group uh, coming into next season? Well, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the manager here, and I'm not the individual players, but, you know, there's a lot of contracts out there that uh, that, are, that are longer term, and that, uh, you know, how how easy are they to move? What do they have in their deals in terms of no no move contracts? Um, uh, you know, I just I I like our D. Okay, I, I'm going to say this right now. I like our D. I would just like I would just like our D um, to get back to to being a little bit tougher in front of our net again. And and I don't think that's individually, per- personally, because I know a lot of people say, well, Colton Preco's a big guy. He's got to get meaner. You know, Colton's not ever going to get meaner, but I think he's going to, he, like the other defensemen, I think they've gotten frustrated this year, and I don't blame them one bit for the lack of coming back into the own zone by our forwards. I, I think there's been too much separation between the forwards and the defensemen. And I think in order to win in this league, when we watch all the playoff teams down the stretch, just like the Black, uh, well, when, just, when the Blues last year had 109 points, what did they do? They, they back-checked like crazy. They came back in their own zone, and that's what helps the defensemen be meaner in front of the net because they've got help. So uh, all in all, I think the Blues defensemen are, are way better than, than what is shown this year. And so, you know, so for that, I would say if we start next year with the same D, then the onus and the pressure is on the, the, the system and the five players as a group and the forwards to have way more hunt on the backside pressure than they had shown this year. I, it's just amazing to me because last year they did it. They, they were all together. They all played hard. And I know there's a couple of players that weren't here. Uh, Oscar Sundquist being one of them at the end of last year. That, that's a big significant drop-off not having Sonny. For sure, he was a big part of it. Barbie with him as well and not having David Perron. I get all that. But you can still play hard in your own zone to help everybody out. And I, I think that, for me, is the most disappointing part in the way this pl- season played out. By the way, because he was out for such a long time, you kind of forget what a good, serviceable player Marco Scandella is. Yes, you're, you are right about that. And you know, and it goes to show you, too, that do you remember a couple of years ago, uh, just prior to the win, we were kind of you know wondering about Jay Bomeister. He was like, what happened to Jay? Skating was off, the power was off, and our fans got on Jay. And until we found out that he had a hip issue and he went and got that fixed and he comes back roaring back and, and, you know, we win the Stanley Cup and and he's a huge part of it. I asked Marco about that and and we did the comparison about Jay and I said, he didn't seem like it was much, you know, you didn't have much last year. He goes, I, I, you don't have power when you have a bad hip, you know, you can, you can be okay for a couple of games and then bang, it's, it it bothers you again and you, you can't get back to pucks. You can't, 
you can't fight off checks. You can't beat men to, you know, to, to certain battles in the in the area. And I, yeah, you're right. He does look like a much different player this year. And and so for that, he needs a benefit for next year to come back strong and healthy like like he has so far. And what was he played a half a dozen games? But so far, so good. Finally, Panger, tomorrow is a late start on TNT. Do you have the Blues here on TNT? I do. Yeah, I do. I'm the reason for the late start. It's my <laughs> <laughs> well, we're looking forward to it, and we always love having you on. Thank you very much for the time. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a great morning. You guys sound great together, too. Appreciate oh, that. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Panger. Take care, guys. See ya. Darren Pang with us on 101 ESPN. By the way, it is an 8.30 start for the Blues in the Wild tomorrow night over at Enterprise Center. 7.30 pregame here on 101 ESPN. Yeah, thanks, Panger. <laughs> I love it. Panger always has the best lines. That Nordstrom versus Nordstrom <laughs> rat comparison when it comes to free agency. I'm going to have to use that about 20 more times. <laughs> That's amazing. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YOHO. Take it or leave it. It's coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. want to say something. to put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Welcome your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646 Take it or leave it. Brooke, Carrie, Randy, Matthew with you. And guys, there's a, a shocking story. You know that Rich Paul from uh, LeBron James Agency and mm-hmm. Adele have been dating for a while. And according to some of Adele's friends... They think Rich Paul was using her as clout to get inside Hollywood. Really? She was dating uh, Rich Paul, and they thought that he was using her to get Hollywood clout. Take it or leave it. With LeBron on his side, Rich Paul didn't need that. Uh, That's a tough one. I feel like I'm going to leave it because there is, I mean, you know, LeBron being your best friend Mm -hmm. is one thing, but dating Adele... Is a completely different thing. Like, it, 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 there are circles you're going to get. In. I think there are circles LeBron probably might not have even mm-hmm. been able to get into. That Adele, entertainment is a little bit different than athletics. They they still keep you on the outskirts in Hollywood just because even if you're an athlete, a top tier athlete, you're not a superstar like a, a a rock star. So you're leaving it. I'm leaving it. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think they may be maybe they're onto something. And here is a quote from one of Adele's friends. Rich is a very charming, influential guy, but the worry is he's using Adele to boost his Hollywood profile, and it'll all end up in tears once he's gotten bored with her. Oh, so what, are they still dating, or are they not dating anymore? They are still dating. And, and her friends are talking about well, him. Well, this is her, something Publicly? her friends have already said to her in the UK. Yeah, they've already. And said now they're to just going to go straight to the press. I don't know if those are friends. I don't know if Adele would appreciate that, but I feel like Adele is the celebrity for celebrities, right? Yeah. That's that's she's like top tier in that yeah. in that regard. That's what I mean. Like it's it's a there's a difference. There are levels to yeah. to superstardom, and LeBron is a superstar in the athletic realm, but 
you are like Adele, Taylor Swift, Beyonce. Like those are different names, and that's a completely different world. Uh, I guess I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, that, that you know, it, I think it it definitely helped for sure. <laughs> There's no way it hurt any situation for him. So Randy, there was a uh, a team, 1992, called the Dream Team. Mm-hmm. Then the Philadelphia Eagles came back. The, the Dream Team was absolutely amazing, right? They, the they, dream they, team. They were, the Dream Team. The Dream Team was they were awesome. Then the Philadelphia Eagles came back in 2011 mm-hmm. and said, "Oh, we're a Dream Team. We got Nambi Asamoah and we got Lashawn McCoy and we got all these great Vince players. Young is Vince our Young is our backup We got a lot of guys here." Right? Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it. This is the real dream team. Oh, I'll in this take room. It. Yeah, in this room. This is, the, this is the dream team. Yeah, I'll take the, it. The, 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 the 92 mm-hmm. Olympic dream team. We're, yeah. We're, we're on par with those guys. I have no problem elbowing <laughs> an Angolan. <laughs> or, or, or BK and Ferrario. Uh, there you go. That too. <laughs> I prefer the redeem team. I'm going to jump over a French guy. Oh, no. There Don't redeem go. team anything in this room. I'm going to take that as well. All right. So take it or leave it. I'll go off of Panger's answer there to my question about the free agency for the Blues. Take it or leave it. Ryan O'Reilly will return. They haven't named a captain yet. And you, as you heard from Panger, Pablo Bushnevich not exactly wanting to be the centerman of the future for the Blues. It seems like it would make sense, right? Would make sense if you have cap room. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to leave it. I thought you were going to talk about Nordstrom Rack versus I did Nordstrom. Too. yeah. Because <laughs> that was a line. It, did it was a, great. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I, I don't think line. we see Ryan O'Reilly back I don't here, know. sadly. I'm taking it personally. I, I think that there will be a way that something gets worked out. <laughs> I would like that. It'd be fun. I wonder how he would adapt, though, to being the third-line center rather than the first-line center. And wearing the AU as Robert Thomas wears the C. Oh, oh Randy. Saying, this is ridiculous. Randy, what are we doing Blasphemy. <laughs> Come on. Uh, what do we got on the old text line there, Matthew? Future captain coming up at 9 a.m. Take it or leave it. After it gets ugly and ends in tears, her next album is going to slap. Oh, oh take, I'll take it. it. Totally. Yeah, it's gonna She's going to go all Taylor Swift on us, right? It's going to be awesome. Take it in a heartbeat. That's a re- that's a really good one. That's that's so true. Uh, take it or leave it. The pickleball game doesn't happen. I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave that too because it's because according to one Jamie Rivers, all we need is a net in the parking lot. So whenever you're ready, sir, I'm looking at. I mean, we're here early in the morning. Obviously, you might still be sleep rolling. You know, getting the crust out of your eyes. Ooh. We're up and at them early in the morning. Uh, but there's an open parking lot. I see a few empty spaces. We can get a pickleball game going <laughs> early in the morning where, before everything gets moving around. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take it. It's gonna happen, guys. We just have to get it organized. Okay. Yes. We're gonna get it organized. We're gonna make it nice and maybe. Try to make it open for people to yes. come by. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's important. So you guys can see us win, of course. The big difference between this and, let's say, the golf match with Jay Delsing is that we were trying to plan that as we were going into the winter. We're coming yeah. out of the winter. We're going to have six full months of good weather. This is this is going to happen at some six. point or another. Don't, Carrie, I swear, why do you jinx stuff? <laughs> Lewis. I, why do you jinx everything? <laughs> From is a lot. <laughs> take it or leave it this weekend is going to be one of the best weekends in St. Louis in a very long time. The Battle Hawks are playing an undefeated D.C. team. St. Louis City's playing the San Jose Earthquakes trying to stay undefeated. And of course, it's St. Patty's Day on Friday. And Mizzou and Illinois. And Mizzou and Illinois. Yes. Yeah. as well. Let's hope they keep yeah, they they make it into their uh, slow, slow first match. Yeah, and, and so women's team on Saturday. Awesome. It's going to be an incredible weekend.
I'll I'm gonna it. I'm gonna take it as well. This is it's gonna be so exciting. I wish it was just gonna be like a tad bit warmer, but still, what well, a fun uh, weekend! According to Rock, mm-hmm. you got six months of warm. I so, swear. <laughs> take it or leave it. <laughs> take it or leave it. You can eat corned beef and cabbage sober. Uh, yeah, take it. I, okay. I don't really have a problem eating. I'm anything. not a corned beef and cabbage guy at all. I, I can can't eat. say that I've had it. Okay. Is that bad? It's oh, fair. No, okay. it's. Uh, I don't. Grimsley doesn't sound overly Irish. Well, I have red hair, so that's yeah, yeah. that's a difference. So, yeah. Like I do have, I have, I think genetically, I have to have some type of Irish ancestry. Okay, so you should you should be eating corned beef and cabbage on St. Patty's. Yeah, Day. I'm sure it's just natural, and I love it. So everybody's got a little bit. Take it or leave it. Adam Wainwright finishes the season as one of the five starters in the rotation. Take it, take it, take it. Fifteen yeah. wins. Fifteen. Fifteen. Fifteen wins for Wayno. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Do you want to Tied predict third it on the team. in ERA? Uh, 3.83. See, I, was, 3. I, I thought you were going to go under 3. No. We need no. to mark this oh, God, down. No. 3.83. 3. 15 wins. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many losses? 11? 15 11 sounds good. Yeah. Sub, sub 3. Are you adding 4 miles per hour to every one of his off speed pitches? Lord I, I mean, what are we doing? I'm we're, just saying. We're going to go for uh, it. We're going to go for it, right? Take, right? take it or leave. With all the young talent waiting in line for this Cardinals middle infield, Tommy Edmond could be the odd man out by the end of the year. Leave it. I'll leave oh that as well. Oh my God. What? Yeah. Tommy he's going to be kicked over to, to, to second base. Yeah. He spent most of last year's top three in war in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah. He's not going I think, anywhere. I think the one thing that we hate to. to predict injuries but somebody's going to get banged up right yes. at some point and so that that will open the door for someone else to to step in it's just a matter of if when that person whom, whomever it is and when they step in if they give the the opportunity back to the guy that got hurt Paul DeYoung sorry for that karma that Carrie just sent your way Carrie you should predict things like oh, I predicted oh, at some point oh, this year I have to file my taxes like, it's not it's not, a, you're not it's not bad karma if you're predicting things that are inevitable inevitable right, like, yeah, it's not bad karma yeah. thank you Matthew thank you Randy coming up it is 314 day happy St. Louis day Woo-hoo. And coming up, we've got the 314 Day Food Draft for you here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. And on this 314 day, sometimes we don't appreciate the number of different foods that were born in St. Louis, especially during the 1904 World's Fair. Well, today on St. Louis Day 314, we are going to hold the first ever opening drive St. Louis food draft. So we've got a list of foods that were developed here in St. Louis, most of them at the 1904 World's Fair, and many of them just indigenous to our town, and we're going to draft them. Brooke will have the first pick in the draft. I will pick second. Carrie will pick third and fourth, and then we'll have a snake draft as we each take four foods, and then we'll have our undrafted free agents as well. With the first pick in the 2023 uh What's the show called again? The Open opening drive, St. Louis food <laughs> draft. Brooke Grimsley is on the clock. All right. Well, 
first of all, I think this makes sense that the non-St. Louis native born person gets mm-hmm. to go first because mm-hmm. I have unbiasedly had pretty much all these food items. So my first pick. Hold is, on. You got to. Oh, you, the pick is in. My pick is in. <laughs> that that sound gives me like PTSD. I hate that sound. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to go with toasted raviolis. Mm. Welcome to Team Grimsley. Team Grim Reaper. All right. I love that. That's a great call. <laughs> good good call for the out-of-towner right there. I like that one. Yep. That was a smart move. And <sighs> knowing people that live outside of the area, that used to live in St. Louis, I'm going to get to the podium in a hurry for my first-round pick. And Team Carriker is going to select the pork steak okay. with the second overall pick. All it's just right. something that people that have moved away from here miss, and you can't get them. You can't get them out elsewhere. So uh, that's where we're going here. All right. So I get three and four, huh? You yep. all, you all have made a made a terrible mistake here. All right. So <laughs> I am going to go with. I mean, Randy, it's a staple in in our country. It's it's eaten at every ballpark. Eh, probably not what you all are thinking, but my pick is in for. I'm gonna go with hamburger. Oh, yes. I'm gonna go with the hamburger, and can't, can't go wrong with the hamburger. And because I am a like I, I I don't know if you all know this about me, but sweets are like my 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 my. The, the, the one weakness? thing, the one weakness. If you bring a sweet in here, there is really any nothing you can do to stop me from getting to it. So my next pick is ready as well. Probably one of the greatest cakes ever made, mm. the gooey butter cake. Going there. If you get a little, if you get a slice of gooey butter cake, you no one in the world has ever just had one slice of gooey butter cake. Carrie, was there a bakery somewhere up where you grew up with? Like, you know what's crazy? Street, where I you, used to. Where you had to pay a ridiculously <laughs> small amount, like thirty cents, for this way too much gooey butter cake. This is going to sound really bad. So when we used to drive to uh, football practice, uh, Matthews Dickey, we would take um, was it Riverview, one of those streets, and the Hostess factory was right there, and you could smell it. Uh, you could smell the 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 food the the every time it would just set off something in my brain. I couldn't stop, couldn't mm-hmm. get anything, but you could smell it. You would always, I would always want one, want okay. something. And I've right. always been a junk food junkie. So we're back to Randy. Uh, you two weren't here last year at Easter time. Michelle oh, Smallman was yeah. our co-host, <laughs> and between the seven and eight o'clock hour. On the Friday before Easter, your friend Randy ate <laughs> a one-pound Reese's bunny in its entirety. Took an hour to do it. Oh. Can you have the Reese's peanut butter bunny? Can you have the Reese's peanut butter cup? Can you have the peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Can you have what we had last week at Rehab Burger Therapy in Scottsdale? Can you have the peanut butter burger without peanut butter? No, you can't. Peanut butter developed at the 1904 World's Fair, and the pick is in for selection number five. And with the fifth selection, Team Character selects peanut butter. Very nice. I, I didn't, I didn't su- suspect that one. I got to do some research now because I, I've always been. I, I didn't. I didn't know that Dr. Carver debuted it at the St. Louis World's Fair. Apparently, pretty unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I had no idea. Yeah. You had no idea. Well, and look, uh, to Try be the fair, machine. when I saw this list that was created about, mm. you know, 314 Day St. Louis Foods, I was like, what? Like, where did these, you're telling me all these foods. So I, I was surprised as well because some people were texting in like the hamburger, we like all to, this kind of stuff. We know how to eat 1904 World's Fair. And yeah. I'm like... First of all, I wish we could go back in time to that 1904 World's Fair because everything yeah. amazing was apparently created there. Oh, there. yeah. It really was. <laughs> all right. So I think you guys are messing up personally because I'm just going like full, you know, St. Louis. Oh, I know and, what doing. Uh, the, my pick is in for Tim, uh, Team Grim, Grim Reaper. I can't even say my own name because <laughs> I'm just so, so shocked. We're going full current day St. Louis favorites. Coming. Oh, you know it. Emo's Pizza. Oh! I knew that. She actually threw me off a little bit. No, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming, too. Posted Ravs and then the Emo's. Well, Brooke, you get another pick. All right. And and frankly, I'm going to put my Mel Kuyper hat on, or my Mel Kuyper hair on, I should say. Uh, I think there's an obvious pick here. There is? I think so. Okay. I don't think you should help anybody, or I'm just saying. If, if it's, <laughs> I think I know what you're... I, yeah, don't you mansplain grew, to me. If I grew it out, I could definitely do that hairdo. I'm just saying. Um, mansplain, I'm just saying. No. I'm just predicting. I, I think I know what you're going to say, but I have never had it, so I'm going to have to pass on that one. Um, I'm going to go with... I have my pick in. Go ahead. Frozen custard. Yeah, nice. I, I love frozen custard so much. <laughs> you see, I thought you were going to go with the St. Paul sandwich, no, which no, I've never no. had before. Classic St. Louis. You have toasted raviolis, emos, and frozen custard. That's a good draft. Mm. It's a good draft right now. Is that on Randy? Uh, this is so easy for me. Okay. You guys know what I love, right? Everybody knows what yeah, I love. Yeah, yeah, we know where you're going. Developed in St. Louis, again, at the 1904 World's Fair, it's Dr. Pepper. I, I wrote it down before you even yep. got it out of your mouth. I, I knew where you were going with that one. So I have an opportunity now to pick up two two picks, correct? You had Sir? no idea they'd be on the board. No, 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 no. But I am going to go with my, my pick. I'm going to go with the St. Paul sandwich mm. because I love those. I haven't had one in quite a while. Great pick. And because I have all of this food and this wonderful dessert, I need something to wash it down with. I'm going to go with 7-Up. 7-Up, developed right here in St. Louis. clear. You open it up. Good. Goes down easily. It's it's just a delight. Going to take that. Nice. I like that. Yeah. And uh, before I do one thing here, let me just cross 7-Up off my board. And I will make my pick. I order them all the time. Toasted, triple-decker. You can get one with turkey. You can get one with chicken. You can get one with steak. You can get them at pretty much any quality restaurants in town. Uh, Randy is going with the club (laughs) sandwich. Oh! The turkey club. How can you you not love the turkey club? So, yeah, the club sandwich, again, developed here in St. Louis at the 1904 World's Fair. And uh, on STL Day, you got to have it. And I think Brooke has the final pick in the draft. And, Brooke, are 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 you going off the board here? Can I go off the board? Because I feel like we had a big miss here. And that is going to be... We have to talk about Anheuser-Busch. A Budweiser. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. That has to be on there. That's going to be... 
I, I mean, I, I scouted this, this, you know, person out. You know, I, I said we have to have this for a team Grim Reaper. Yep. That's my final. Antonio pick. Gates was playing. That's a bad. really yeah. St. Louis centric. For the person that's not from St. Louis, you have a totally St. Louis centric group. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very impressed. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're going to get to the UDFAs, and because Kerry had the last selection in the draft, you get the first pick at the undrafted free agents. Well, I, I, I again, I like to eat, so St. Louis Ribs is still on the board. I'm going to go with the Ribs. Okay. And, guys, this, this is pretty amazing, actually. I am going to go against my better judgment. I'm going to put together um should I go with nah you know what I'm gonna go against my better judgment I'm gonna leave dessert out of this we're going healthy Mm. how the hell can we do the St. Louis food draft and undrafted free agents without the hot dog (laughs) the hot dog it's got to be on the list so the hot dog makes it for my group all right and Brooke you have the last UDFA I'm gonna do on the list we have Puffed rice, rice krispies. Yes. Yeah. I love rice krispies. And also it's a great thing to eat right before you go work out. Really? Nice little carb for hmm. a pump. Yeah. Just saying. Great call. Learn something new every day. All right, we'll put that up on the Twitter machine. Left out today on STL Today. Iced tea developed here in St. Louis. Uh, mustard developed here in St. Louis. That's a nice little pairing with the hot dog. The ice cream cone. Cotton candy. I mean, this this is a hell of a draft. There's a lot of good I mean, you cannot have a normal American diet without the foods that we just listed. These are staples in America. In America. <laughs> so, yeah. Proud of that. <laughs> We're going to go healthy, Randy. Yep. You're going to put it up on the Twitter machine, Matthew? Absolutely. Good. Mike Claiborne joins us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis, I'm Randy Carricker, and we head back to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and our friend Mike Claiborne joins us from down in Florida, where the Cardinals get ready to take on the Astros today. Michael, good morning. How you doing? I am doing well. I'm talking to, uh, I'm, I'm kind of dating myself here, the Mod Squad. That's what I'm calling <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm going back to the 70s, you know, with... Uh, Clarence Williams III, Peggy Lipton, and Michael Cole. It was, a, it was a really hit show back in the day. So you guys are the mod squad. Well done. We love it. Hey, uh, th- this has obviously been an unusual last week or so because the regulars have left, and we knew that some people were going to get some opportunities to play. This has really worked out well for the Cardinals, hasn't it, having the, the veteran really players has. that have taken off? Yeah, you know what, Randy? It, it has because here's the deal. Anybody who was competing can't say, I didn't get a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's, there's been a lot of advance and a lot of extra innings available for some of these guys who are trying to catch the eye of the brass. And so uh, it's been good. And it also kind of gives them an idea of if they get in a pinch, they know who they can call on. And if they need to make a move, they know what assets they have that they can, they can move and get someone. Uh, I think it was the best thing that could happen to them. Clays, we've been talking a lot about Jordan Walker for for obvious reasons, but a name that that continues to impress in in this spring training is Mason Mason Wynn, and I know the prospect that the projections were having him up in twenty twenty four, but do you think he's moved that table up just a little bit sooner and and could be here, you know, mid middle of this season in twenty twenty 
Yeah, I do carry, but I think it's going to be because of an injury or something. Uh, I don't see him surplanting him Tommy Edmonds right like that just because of what Tommy is one of your lead guys. So uh, I, I think that he's a guy that certainly has accounted for himself well. It, it's funny you bring his name up. So Sunday, I'm sitting in one of the boxes, and Bill Parcells and Ron Wolf, two guys that, that know a little bit about football, we, we always try and find a day where we can sit together and, and chop it up. So he sees he sees Walker and Wynn, and the first thing he says is, he's my tight end, and this guy's going to be one of my cornerbacks. <laughs> I'm like, Bill, wait a minute. They're, they're trying to make a living playing football, I mean, baseball here. But you know what? He's, they, they are such good athletes, man. They, they can do anything. But in answer to your question, I think we'll see him at some point this year. I just think it'll be some sort of emergency situation. But you also have to remember this. Because he's not on a 40-man roster, you have to figure out who goes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something the Cardinals have to be careful of here because two things. One, you got to find room for him on a 40-man. And two, you start the clock as far as him getting to a free agency and arbitration. Klaibs, as you mentioned, there's a lot of fun, different competitions to walk, uh, watch. Another one that's kind of interesting is who do you think is going to take that leadoff spot right now? Boy, Brooke, that's a good question because um, Brendan Donovan is not doing anything wrong. I, I think it's going to still be Edmund because of the fact he can get on base and steal bases. You know, Brendan Donovan is not a base stealer, but Tommy Edmund is. And I think to really push the envelope on the new rules as far as the bases and not being able to throw over the first more than twice uh, really kind of opens up things. Uh, I think with, with Donovan, because he can hit just about anywhere in the order, you know, you want to have that flexibility. So I think it will be Edmund initially, but if he spits the bid or if there's somebody he doesn't hit well, don't be surprised to see Donovan back in that spot. Michael, we started spring training believing that the starting rotation will be Flaherty, Wainwright, Matz, Michaelis, Montgomery. Has anything happened to change your mind about the starting five in the rotation? Not really, although Jake Woodford's done nothing wrong here. Uh, Matthew Libertor has been pretty good also. Uh, I think both those guys, if, if you're measuring guys, have moved ahead of what Dakota Hudson has displayed so far. Uh, and these are guys with, with – uh, they don't have jobs. I don't know where you put them because the bullpen is stacked. And you've got some guaranteed contracts in the bullpen. So I, I think that what they do with these guys is going to be very interesting. Um, I know there's been some discussion about a six-man rotation. Um, I don't know if you want to try that early in the year because you have so many off days. But, uh, you know, they, they have a real interesting dilemma as far as who's going to pitch and where they're going to pitch and how often are they going to pitch. When you're looking at this outfield, you got three guys, four guys potentially that are, are vying for this spot. Is Jordan Walker your opening day left fielder? And if we, we had uh, Clay, we had um, uh, Amziger on last week, he said he thinks Newt may be the odd man out. Well, you know what? Answering your first question, I think if Jordan Walker, at the rate he's playing now, if he's not on the opening day roster, if he's not hopping out of a pickup truck, then we're going to have some issues at the ballpark. <laughs> okay? I mean, uh, extra security will be, will be needed because fans will not let this go. Uh, he, he's just done everything right. I mean, you know, I mean, now they're throwing breaking balls. He's, he's hitting those pitches on two strikes. I mean, he's going the other way. I mean, everything he hits is a line drive. I mean, he's not trying to hit home runs. I mean, 
you know, he's one of those guys that kind of reminds you of Albert, where Albert wasn't trying to hit home runs. You just threw the ball in a home run position. Mm. And with, with Walker, he's the same way. And I love his ability. He, he adjusts as well as anybody I've seen from pitch to pitch. And after each at bat, he's talking to a coach or he's talking to some veteran about what they see and, you know, what the suggestions might be. So he's always trying to make sure he's better for the next pitch. Uh, so I'm not sure about, you know, because here's the thing. O'Neal wasn't very good when he was here. Uh, Newbar was struggling when he was here. Carlson was dealing with some arm issues. He's a little bit better. I really don't know who those guys are going to be. So it might be a situation where it might be a matchup situation where maybe you hit a certain pitcher well. Maybe it's a lefty that you hit well. I mean, I, I think you're going to have to break it down to that. And realistically speaking, I think he's going to break camp with just probably four outfielders because I don't know anyone else who stepped up and really accounted for themselves that well. Uh, Oscar Mercado was a guy that was intriguing, but he's been in WBC. And I think if you're really in a pinch and you need an extra outfielder, you can throw Dobbin out there. You know, you can throw Edmund out there. So I think what you're going to see is those guys, because I think they all needed bats. That's the other thing you have to take into account. I don't think you can afford to have a Corey Dickerson type guy who just sits around and just waits on them to call him and maybe he gets a chance to play on on Thursday and Sunday afternoons on getaway days. I think you're going to probably go with these four and probably have those guys get a bulk of the at-bats either in the field or as a designated hitter. Klaibs, who has impressed you the most so far in the World Baseball Classic out of the Cardinals? What? Oh, I was going to say, because it's not Great Britain in those crummy <laughs> uniforms. That was my bad. That was Holy cow. You talk about a fashion disaster. You know, and here's the thing. I was kind of sitting there kind of half asleep. I rose up and saw those uniforms and said, oh, hell no. <laughs> how, can the king, how can the king allow his, 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 his subjects to be dressed out like that? Uh, I, I was just, I was mortified. So let's take them off the table. It as makes far you, as players makes, are concerned. Clayton, doesn't it make you curious that Johnny Max went out of business? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I didn't know Bob Russell was making a return. Oh, I mean, you know, it, it was brutal, man. I mean, I've seen better-looking softball uniforms, man. Yeah, we have. That was, that was a global embarrassment. Mm. I mean, terrible. it was almost like they silk screened them on the parking lot and said, here you go. Did, I don't even recall them having names on the back of the jersey. So, I mean, he was just a fact. Terrible. I, I right. cannot believe that a country would allow them to leave their borders with those uniforms on. That's terrible. They say, we represent our country. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Okay, I'll let you get back to the players. <laughs> uh, you know what? To be honest with you, I don't. I haven't really seen anybody who's really jumped out. Um, you know, I think everybody's still trying to get a feel for it. You know, Arnado picked up where he left off when he was here in the spring. Uh, Goldschmidt kind of the same way. Uh, but other than that, nobody has really said, wow, this guy, I can't wait to see him come back. Uh, and obviously Tommy Edmond will be back here soon as Korea, you know, spit the bit. But nobody really kind of stood out. But I really felt like these guys would be in an advantage because they might see better pitching than what they might see here in spring training. Uh, I, that's my initial thought. But now after watching some of these these teams, and, and one of the reasons why some teams aren't very good is they don't have enough pitching. The really good pitchers were not part of this. I mean, they're good pitchers, but not great ones that are part of this tournament. And so in that case, 
you know, maybe they'll have to get some more at-bats when they get here. But I don't think anybody set the world on fire with this. There may be a guy, too, that may have piqued the interest of a team from a scouting standpoint. You say, hey, you know what, he's not playing for anybody. Maybe we ought to sign him. And I believe Detroit did that the other day with a pitcher. But other than that, I don't think anybody has really stood out yet. But there's still a lot of baseball to be played in the tournament. Finally, Claves, it sure seems like the Cardinals want Drew Verhagen to make the team, and he's doing everything he can to make it. What do you think of Verhagen so far? I love him. I love him. You know what? He's healthy. You know, he had a hip and a shoulder issue last year that really slowed him down. Randy, he's got a couple of curveballs that he throws that nobody has an answer for yet. He's a big, strong guy, Vanderbilt guy, who really understands pitching now, and he's healthy. He, he should make this team. I'll say it again. He should make this team. He has accounted for himself well. Plus, he's guaranteed a contract for this year as well. So I think the Cardinals don't want to have dead money, you know, walking the street when this guy's pitched as well as anybody in, in the camp so far. And Brooke is nodding here saying, you had me at Vanderbilt. Vandy boys. <laughs> there you boys. go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a Nashville, I'm a Nashvillian. Went there myself. Uh, I, I bounced around Nashville uh, up on the campus of Vanderbilt. They had a couple of co-eds that had piqued my interest. So, you know, I, I know the territory well. Claves, I, 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 well. I heard you take a, a trip during the uh, the winter where you go to a few basketball games. I need to get in on that next year. Well, you know what, Kerry? It's funny you bring it up because uh, we're rolling down to Miami uh, tomorrow night. Uh, the heat's going to hold work tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, if you can get here, bro, I got you, man. So, so what I do in the off season, I, you know, I try and go like certainly around, you know, Indianapolis, Memphis, Chicago. Um, try and go to those games. And then when I get on the road, man, if there's a game going on, I'm there. Um, I was. I remember last year, my cousin and I, uh, we were sitting like second row across from the visitors bench the night Steph Curry was trying to break the record. Wow! And for three points. So he came up short, so I was like, all right, you know, they play in New York tomorrow. We just kind of looked at each other and said, deal. Next thing you know, we're in New York, we're at the Garden, and we were sitting behind Steph's mother, who, by the way, is quite a very attractive woman. Uh, so we sat behind her, and my cousin, I was like, hey, man, we're here at the game. She's That's her. She got a son out there playing. You know, he was throwing for all of her, and rightfully so. But, yeah, so, no, so, Kerry, next year, man, you're on, man. I the wagon you. sails as soon as the season's over with, man. We'll hit some spots. Indeed. I'm looking forward to it. Claves, we love having you on the show. Thank you so much for the time. Have a great day down there. Hey, you guys have a good day, but also don't forget to check out Claves Online. The commission, Rick Homer, has a great column this week. He had a chance to sit down with Whitey Herzog to talk about what he's seeing in spring training and also the new rules that are going on. So check it out. Love it. ClavesOnline.com, a fantastic resource for great content and great information. All right, Claves, take care. All right, stay safe. Take care. Mike Claiborne with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Kerry goes 5-1 and one in my absence in the I fight. Did. I was proud of myself. No, I, I, I think did. I did a, did a good job. You did a great job. Now yeah. you're back. We need a fighter. Yeah, we do need a fighter. <laughs> if you can text in, 314-399-9646. And this is what Kerry did. Oh, we're waiting, waiting, <laughs> waiting. Maybe it's gone. Maybe we don't there. have it. I leave, and they say the machine's gone. You know, no more, no more machine for <laughs> We're Randy. We're back to the bludgeon now. Randy's yeah. back. It's no longer you know, the five fight. Five and one. Yeah. I, they, they, there were some texters saying I was getting softball questions. They were a little upset. A little jealous. Jay for jealous, I would say. <laughs> but here's what Kerry did, whether it was softball questions or not. Just win, baby. That's what he did. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. The fight is next. Text in if you want to fight. The word fight to 314-399-9646 on 101 ESPN. 
You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is John. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. All right, John, you ready? Yes, sir. All right, at the start of the 2000-2001 season, the NHL fully implemented their current official system. How many total referees and linesmen are on the ice now in an, in, during an NHL game? Is it two, four, I'm sorry, is it three, four, or five? Three. All right. Of the four major sports, which championship series slash game has been played the longest? Is it Stanley Cup Final, World Series, or NBA Finals? You said of the four major sports. Yes. Uh, Give me the Stanley Cup. All right, John. Joey Votto has a chance this season to do something Albert Pujols never did at first base, first base, and that's start 2,000 games at the position. Who holds the all-time Major League record with 2,404 starts at that position? Is it Todd Helton, Eddie Murray, or Jeff Bagwell? Uh, Eddie Murray. The NCAA tournament began naming a number one overall seed in 2004, and since then, only three have won the tournament. The last time was 2013, when this team won the tourney, and who was that? Was it Kentucky, Florida, or Louisville? It was Louisville. All right, we'll double-check the score and bring Randy Carricker. John, how you feeling? Uh, I feel good off this coffee, but not great about the question. <laughs> coffee got you got you in the right spot. You, you're doing yes, well, but the question got go. you got you a little bit a uh, little bit out of there. A little bit. All right, <laughs> Randy's coming in. He has his Dr Pepper. He's been out for a week, and he's been really uh, living in the sun, having fun in the sun in Arizona. He's got a Dr Pepper. Is that zero or diet uh, Dr that's Pepper? That's a diet. That, uh, that's in honor of three one four. Randy, say hello to John. John, good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good to have you with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Arizona was fun. Arizona's <laughs> a great state with great people. All right, Randy, you ready? Yes. All right. At the start of the 2000-2001 season, the NHL fully implemented their current official system. How many total referees and linesmen are now on the ice during an NHL game? Two referees and two linesmen. A total of four. Is that what we're looking for? How many total? Yes. Okay, four. Two, two and two. All right. Um, of the four major sports, which championship series slash game has been played the longest? Well, of the NBA and the NHL and the NFL and Major League Baseball, we have had the World Series since the turn of the last century. So I'm going to say that because there was, for example, a 1908 World Series, that it is Major League Baseball. 
Joey Votto has a chance this season to do something Albert Pujols never did at first base. That start 2,000 games at the position. Hmm. Who holds the all-time Major League record with 2,404 starts at the position? Okay, Lou Gehrig. I don't think he got there. Um, Steve Garvey played a lot of games at first. Um... But just in case, CD, I'm going to do the lifeline. Is it Todd Helton, Eddie Murray, or Jeff Bagwell? Eddie Murray, and he's he went to high school with Ozzie Smith. They were really buddies. yeah, that's awesome. Pretty pretty good team, huh? I think so. <laughs> pretty good. But Eddie Murray was kind of surly to me. But he did play a lot of games at first base, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with Eddie Murray. The NCAA tournament started naming a number one overall seed in 2004, and since then, only three have won the tournament. The last time was 2013, when this team won the tourney. 2013 champions in college basketball. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with uh, John Calipari's Kentucky Wildcats. This is an extremely tough fight between John and Randy. Some tough questions. John was a little rattled after a few of them. Classic listener comes on, thinks they're going to breeze through the fight, and then all of a sudden it gets a little different when they're on the phone. Was he enough, or did Randy's extra little sleep from vacation prove to be more than he needed? And did he it was able, he able to come right back in and win a big win here in the fight? Ring that bell. Champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener. A 3-2 win for John in the fight. Congratulations, John. That's a big one with Randy coming right back. Just win, Johnny. <laughs> there you go. I love hey, it. Good, good job. Yes, sir. Now, I, I will say there, 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 there might be some controversy oh, here. I this, is, this is why I love the fights. This is why I love the fights. Our chance to, to teach some Ooh. people some things. So let's go through these questions and see if I'm going to be in trouble. At the start of the 2000-2001 season, the NHL fully implemented their current official system. They were at three. They moved it up to four, adding a, another uh, referee. Two linesmen, two referees. Randy got that one right. John did, got that one wrong. Here's where the consternation uh, comes to, and that is question number two. Of the four major sports, which championship series game has been played the longest? Under the tech, under the under the NHL title. <laughs> This is, this is why, oh this is why it's confusing, God. but I went with the, the hard number. Under the NHL title, the first Stanley Cup final was played in 1915, but the Stanley Cup started getting played in 1893 as the championship of the NHL, of the hockey leagues. The first ever World Series was played in 1903. <laughs> I went with the start of the Stanley Cup final playoffs as the official start, which was in the 18. Which was in the late eighteen nineties. So it was, was there was being played the longest? What, was there an NHL? It was it was the professional hockey league at the time. You, was was there a national hockey of the four major sports uh, right now? Yes. <laughs> was there a national hockey league? It was not called that. No. You are right. Three one four. Here we go. <laughs> so. Uh, 
it would be a tie because uh, John John got Randy. that uh, John got that one correct. Randy, that's the that that's one of the Randy, ones he got incorrect on that he one. He changed the answer for I've been us va- I've been right before the show started. It. And so it, it, and it seems to me I've been I've been the, the championship of the four major sports. It wasn't a championship of that major sport. I didn't say sports leagues. I said uh, hockey. <laughs> hockey is a major sport. In, so why didn't you quali- quantify it that way? Because that's the way I wanted that. I didn't want to. So you wanted to for this play exact gotcha. reason. No, I didn't want to play you gotcha at all. You did. I wasn't you're, trying to play you're gotcha. You're fine with that. That's you're good with that. I wasn't trying to play gotcha. I so promise. You just said you did. I know I wasn't trying to play gotcha. I, I felt that you was said, the most honest answer and the best way to frame the question. And the best way to frame the question I thought was to say it that way. Do it the way you want. It would be a tie because uh, they, uh, yeah. they both got number three right. It is, in fact, Eddie Murray who has the most starts at first base in Major League Baseball history with 2,404. And it was Louisville who won the tournament in 2013, mm. the last of, of the number one overall seeds to win the tournament since they started naming it in 2004. I am completely Randy, okay with a justice, with, I'm okay with a justice for Randy tiebreaker. I was prepared for no, this coming John, in. John, John. I wanted people to know. Uh, he changed the uh, He said, he said, all right, guys. Guys, look, we're gonna go with Stanley Cup as opposed to World Series because and I looked, <laughs> and I looked shocked. I looked shocked. And I turned to Brick. I said, "This is gonna be awesome." <laughs> so I, this is another reason why we need cameras in here. Somebody texted that as well because if you could have seen <gasps> Carrie and I's faces, I started hiding as soon as we got to that portion. Um, I was like hiding my face because I'm I like, knew "This what was is coming. gonna be bad." I knew what was coming. I'm, I'm thankful for this job every day. When I've learned is to <laughs> not go with my gut. It's to go with the opposite of so, my gut. I will do the. I, Maybe I will go say with this. the gut. I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not going if, with the if, gut. If you, if you go in trouble, if you go to NHL.com, uh, their uh, first Stanley Cup champions are 1918. Well, it's because it's the NHL, but not, not hockey. What uh, the four, the four major, major sports. pro sports leagues. That's what you said. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say leagues. I said major pro sports. Oh, that, because this that, is that, a. Yeah, 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 when is it, Randy? Go ahead. Gotcha. You, you, you're fine. You're fine. My only reason is that it, then, there is no reason. It gets, <laughs> there's there's <laughs> one reason. <laughs> it's got Randy. That's fine. There is All no right, reason. <laughs> John, great job today yeah, we'll see winning you the fight. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You got it. <laughs> Just poor John's been on there with <laughs> the sitting there. Oh my He's goodness. Yeah. We appreciate you, John. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Thanks, Rock. <laughs> what a what a preposterous question and answer. Preposterous. Oh, oh whoa, my whoa, whoa. God. I think the question's good. The answer's no, probably it's not. not. Good. Oh, I mean, I do. Look I, at it I this, way. Look at this way. Okay, this is oh, the way man. I always like to couch this. Would that be something that would be contested <laughs> in a normal trivia night scenario? Probably. Yes. yes. Oh, my I thought God. I, had the, I thought I had the simplest way to ask it and answer oh, it. Randy, he changed the answer to us before the fight. <laughs> <laughs> we we did not we didn't Silly. we knew that was going to go south. By the way, get bad. By the I honestly, way, honestly thought so. The way I, the way I envision this going in my head is Randy answers Stanley Cup. The correct I say it's World Series, and he goes, "But the Stanley Cup was created in 1893, so you're just ignoring those 15 years of history." That's in, in my head. Uh. That was how this went down. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to avoid Woo! that, I got the exact oh. 180 on the other side because, of course, it did.
Uh, hey, there's, there's, some, there's some hills what, what? not to die yeah. on. I'm just gonna throw yeah. that out. There. Not trying to die on the hill. I'm explaining my thought process behind it. Because oh, awesome. I predicted yep. a situation exactly like this, yep. but the exact what? opposite. <laughs> what, year <did> opposite. <laughs> what, what year did you have your first Stanley Cup champion? Uh, the Stanley Cup was first oh. awarded in 1893 oh, as part man. of the Challenge Cup series. The winner of the World's Championship Series in baseball, the Boston Bean Eaters, won the 1892 <gasps> championship. It wasn't called the World Series. Though. It was called the Stanley Cup. It's Oh. That's the only. That's that's the only reason. <laughs> the difference of the world's championship series. Did they, uh, did they have a Stanley Cup? Was yes, it actual, they did. Is that's, an actual that, cup? That was when they gave. That's so when they created way, the Stanley was Cup. Was it, it, was, it, was, it was in 1893. Yeah. Was when they created the Stanley Cup and gave it out as the first championship <laughs> cup. They, it was called. It was called the Challenge Cup years, according to the always rock. reliable Wikipedia. The winner of the first World's Championship Series was 1892. The Boston Bean Eaters beat the Atlanta Braves. Uh, 1892. Oh. The first World's Championship Series? Yes. Okay. Rock. What a lovely name. Bean Eaters. It was fantastic. It was 100% wrong. (laughs) Coming up. uh, The NBA has a load management problem. We'll talk about it on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Thomas scores! Getting you inside the Blues locker room. What a goal by Robert Thomas! It's time now for Blues forward Robert Thomas on the Opening Drive. Driven by Pure Performance, the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs. With Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And as we do every week, we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line for a visit with Blue Center Robert Thomas. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Doing well, guys. How are you? Good. Hey, you know, I, I was thinking normally at this time of year, and you have all, only experienced success in the National Hockey League, Robert, it seems like the, the season goes pretty fast. This one doesn't seem like it's gone fast for me. What it's, what's it been like for you? Yeah, um, they, they usually say winning makes the season go fast, so uh, it's a little bit slower this year, but uh, I think as of late, we've been playing playing pretty good hockey, and uh, you know it's been enjoyable and uh, exciting games every, every game, so uh, it's been exciting and keeping it moving. Robert, it was a big weekend for your teammate and friend Jordan Cairo. He has a hat trick on Saturday, and then he gets his 30th goal on Sunday. What have you seen from him and his progression this season, and what do you think about him getting his 30th goal and how he'll fin- finish out the rest of the season? Yeah, uh, obviously it's a huge accomplishment. Uh, super happy for him, and um, you know we all think the sky's the limit, and this is just the beginning for him. So uh, definitely a step in the right direction, and um, yeah, I think – I think a lot of other details in his game have, have really improved this year that uh, you know might not might not go go noticed like defensively and um, you know, he's been a little bit more physical and stuff and I think those things are, are huge and um, yeah I think um, you know it's a great step in the right direction for him. Robert, you jokingly said after the game that maybe he can start giving you some assists since you've done such a great job of, of passing the puck to him. Is that something you all kind of go back and forth about? Hey, you know, buddy, you can you can pass it as well. I'm I like to shoot also. Yeah, I've always been on his case about that, so uh, it's been been a nice running joke. 
Hey, Robert, you played wing as a rookie and then made the switch back to center. You played center your entire career. Pavel Buchnevich, before he was drafted, was a center and then has played wing in his NHL career, now getting an opportunity at center. From your perspective, what's the biggest difference between playing on the wing like you did as a rookie and going back to the middle? Um, I think think there's a couple different things. I think your timing's totally different. On the wing, you're kind of coming back into the D zone and, uh, you know, figuring it out from there. Center, you got to kind of fly around and, and sort it out. So uh, even breakouts and neutral zone, um, there's tons of different things that your, your timing's got to be right on. And uh, I think that's something that he's, he's starting to figure out. Robert, we've been talking about, you know, having the trade deadline, moving past you guys, getting that kind of dark cloud of that looming over you out of the way. Do you feel like that's what's contributing to you guys playing a little bit more together now because you know, okay, this is the group that we have for the rest of the season? Yeah, yeah, change is always hard, um, especially you guys that have been around for a while and, um, you know, have obviously been big parts of this team for a while. So, uh, yeah, change is hard and, um, like you're saying, um, yeah, you know, lately we've felt felt really good and been playing playing some good hockey, and uh, that comes with good teamwork and, and being close. So I think it's definitely a, a good factor. All right, so Robert, we're kind of a new team right now with me joining in with the opening drive. So we were going to ask you some advice on maybe some nicknames because hockey seems to have some pretty good nicknames. Yours is what is it? Is it Tomer? Is that is that what you go by? Or I've seen others as well. Um, yeah. Do you <laughs> do you have any suggestions for us? I I personally like Grimmer or Grim Reaper, but what about Carrie Davis and Randy <laughs> Carricker too? Grim Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you come from either you know something in your in your first last name, or or something that's happened uh, kind of early on that kind of just sticks sticks with you. So uh, I'm not sure what you're, you guys are gonna go with, but uh, I'm excited to hear it. So, so Robert, in high school, my nickname was Fats. <laughs> and in in college, my nickname was CD. So depending on who's calling my name, I know where they know me from. It, it's it's pretty interesting. They hey Fats, I'm like oh, this is somebody from high school that that knew me, and and that's how they remembered me. So that that's generally how I know where that person knows me from. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's too funny, Robert. I was wondering, you all uh, got a chance to play Ivan Barbashev yesterday, uh, the other day. Uh, first time seeing him in a new uniform. Was that a little bit awkward to go against a former teammate that you played so many years with? Yeah, yeah, that's always weird. Um, you know, it's uh, it's tough, you know, uh, but it's part of the game. Um, it was exciting for him. He got a great tribute video. The fans were awesome. Uh, I think he that really meant a lot to him because he, he loved playing here and he. Uh, he loves being a blue, so um, that that was awesome for him. And um, yeah, it's always weird, but it's fun, you know, poking fun with with him throughout the game, and uh, you know, talking to him in between whistles and stuff like that. So uh, that part's always cool. I know you all had some words for him when he missed that open net that he couldn't get the puck up over <laughs> Bennington's stick, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I had a couple words for him. That was that was funny. All right, uh, Robert, who runs the NCAA bracket pool in the Blues room? Uh, Shenner usually runs it. Good. And have you filled out your bracket yet? Uh, I have not. It's, it's not too late, right? No, no it's, you're uh, good. it doesn't start until Thursday, so, you, so you're good. No, we, we, have, we have plenty of time. Do you know what's going on, or do you just take guesses when you fill out an NCAA? Like, do you, do you have any idea who the top 25 are right now, or are you just winging it? 
I'm a total wing guy. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, I go with whatever my gut says, and it's usually wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never won one either. I've been doing this forever, and I, I, I think I know what I'm talking about. And Nobody I've never wins, won one, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's just you got to be lucky. So. That's what I'm going with. Robert, I was wondering, you all, in, in the NFL, we have obviously all of the guys came from college. So when your college plays another teammate's college, there's usually some money on the line. Do you all have, uh, or or you're potentially wearing another opposing team's jersey or, or shirt, sweatshirt, do you all have those bets in the locker room where, you know, some of your old clubs that you played against, if your, your clubs are playing against one another, you all make a, make a, a, a friendly bet with one another? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know the college guys do it, uh, especially on college playoffs for for hockey. Um, us junior guys even do it, um, you know, the playoffs. And obviously the big ones, Canada, U.S. and World Juniors, so, or Canada, Russia, or, you know, Swindland, Sweden, Finland. Um, but definitely something that's still going on. Who's sure. Who's the loudest guy in the locker room? Because I, our guy, Larry Foote, went to the University of Michigan, and you couldn't tell him anything about Michigan uh, that was not good. He was the loudest in the locker room. Who's one of those guys that is, you know, stumping their feet about their program or their college, wherever they went? Uh, well, a lot of a lot of your college guys think their their place is the best, <laughs> um, and no, nothing else can compare to it. So uh, I'd always go with them. Last one for me, Tomer. Uh, just wanted to ask you about it's three one four day, and we did a food draft earlier. What is your favorite St. Louis food? Um, I got two. I'm gonna go with. Oh, okay. I'm actually, a huge toasted wraps guy. I love those and uh, gooey butter cake ice cream. Yes! Oh, there you go. Well done. Well done. I, I like it a lot. Hey, Robert, uh, you obviously get to witness the, all the fans showing up at Blues games every single night, and I'm sure that at least peripherally you notice that 38,000 people showed up for an XFL Battlehawks game on Sunday, all of the people that are showing up for the soccer team, and you've been around for a while now. Just give us your assessment, because you play around the league, of... What you see around here as a sports community in terms of the support for the the, the franchises? Yeah, uh, I think it's truly special. Um, obviously, at games, every game, it's it's so so awesome to play at home, and our support's amazing. And I think you know, I really noticed it during our parade. It's just just how big our our sports community is, and you're seeing it with soccer, you're seeing it with football, and obviously the Cardinals have great support as well. So. Uh, I think it's just continuing to grow, and uh, I think St. Louis is really putting itself on the map for a great sports city. Hey, I hope they tell you that tomorrow's game starts at 8.30. All right, it's not a 7 o'clock, so you've got a little extra time. Take a breath before that 8.30 start on TNT tomorrow night. It is 8.30 tomorrow? Yeah, it is. Thanking me. <laughs> no, right, seriously. It's 8.30. Yeah, 7.30 7, right. pregame here, and, uh, and Panger has the game on TNT. I guess you guys have to follow an East Coast game. Yeah, all right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're very welcome, Robert. Enjoy. Uh, have, have a great day. All right, thanks, guys. See you later. That is uh, Robert Thomas. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't prank him on that. I wouldn't no. want him showing up, <laughs> show up right. an hour and a half late. You <laughs> would show up right as the game was being right as the yeah. puck was about to drop. Right. If you showed up an hour and a half, two hours. 
late. Yeah, yeah. yeah you would, because the time to get there is obviously two hours or so before before the puck drops. Yeah, yeah. It, that would be that would be interesting. There was a one uh, Lawrence Taylor that I think had a few issues with time. Yeah, he did. He was yeah. okay. <laughs> so he, was, he was pretty good. He right. Want, he wanted to be an yeah, all right. He yeah. just show up yeah. when the yeah. when the kickoff starts. You ready? I'm ready. You yeah. ready? Let's go. Yeah, we had Bob Costas on telling the Marvin <laughs> Barnes story. I, I'm sure that they just like text the guys. Probably the yeah. night before, because if you do it too much, too early, then they'll probably forget. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll get like a warning tonight. They'll tell them in the after the skate tomorrow yeah. too. So yeah. what time they need good. to be at the yeah. stadium, be yeah. at the at the rink. Yeah. We're we're teaching people here. We're, we're yeah. learning things. We're learning about hockey. Yeah, we're learning about how long the Stanley Cup has been around in the NHL. <laughs> we should have asked oh. Robert that. How long has? The, oh, <laughs> we should have. We should have. Yeah. Yeah. Should have asked them. How long has the Stanley Cup been around? <laughs> You know, uh, Rock and Randy are having yeah. uh, an issue here. Yeah, <laughs> it's still ongoing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> hey, coming up, load management has become a major <gasps> issue in the NBA. How much of an issue is it? And is there something that they should do in the CBA to fix the problem? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. There are injuries that happen in all pro sports, and sometimes we want to see a player perform. We buy tickets to see that player perform, and he doesn't perform because of injury. A different problem exists in the NBA, and many players actually do want to play, but the team has gone to the science of how much a player can actually play over the course of of an 82-game schedule and still be effective come playoff time. And many times, this happens with the Clippers a lot with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, the team will determine, okay, the player has to sit out this game, this game, and this game. And the games are always on the road, inevitably. And fans that buy tickets to see that player play wind up not being able to see that player. And it's become a major issue. And even players are upset by the fact yeah. that they don't get the opportunity to play all the time. And it's actually been talked about as a possibility of it be, being something in the collective bargaining. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, uh, the, the next collective bargaining agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the NBA is trying to figure out a way. The NBA and Players Association, NBAPA, are trying to figure out a way to make sure that those players do play and possibly attaching some of the awards, the ability to win awards based on how many games you play, uh, making it a minimum. So if you're not playing X number of games, you might not be eligible for an MVP award or uh, an all-NBA first, second, or third team, which I hope would be one of the things that gets those players and those organizations to have those players play more. I think one of the the, the most mind-boggling thing to me, Randy, is, and Brooke, you have so much more technology. You have so much more medicine. You have so much so many advancements in how to take care of the body, yet players are playing less and and still having some of the same, if not more, injuries than they had in the 80s, in the 90s, where guys were playing every single game and and playing an entire playoffs and not really going through you know the amount of injuries. And so there's, I, I don't know what, what the issue is in terms of the amount of rest that they're getting versus you know just playing it through and allowing their bodies to kind of 
deal with the the amount of games and the amount of pressure that you put to the, the amount of stress that you put your body under but for whatever reason the the NBA the teams and the players have decided that it's better to not play as many games and it's not a great brand it's not a great product for for the NBA like you said you have people paying thousands of dollars hundreds of dollars to come to a game and their favorite player is sitting out that game because of low management I think it sends a bad sign to the to the to the fans and really it's not a good look for the NBA no I agree because there there's definitely been times too where you see them you know some of the players just hanging out you know on the bench and you're like man I feel like they could they could play yeah. or how long an injury is supposed to last and I completely understand some injuries are more serious than others but if there's a certain you know trajectory of we know that they should be done by this time and they're still not playing that always has frustrated me and I feel like that's frustrated some fans with the NBA as well where it's just like why would you you get this huge opportunity these giant contracts I would be wanting to play. What message yeah. does that send to the rest of the team? I always find it interesting when when teams or or you know teams and and their doctors give a game restriction or or minute limit. Chris Middleton was playing in the game the other night against the Warriors, and he had reached his minutes. He had reached mm. the, the the number of minutes he could play in the <laughs> game, and the game went into overtime. And I think that the Bucks were like, "Oh, okay, we'll let him play two more minutes, uh-huh. like five more minutes, two more minutes of game time." I don't really know how much that's going to impact your body, but there 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 are people obviously smarter, or think that they're smarter than a lot of us, that just make these numbers and and say this is the number of games you can play, this is the amount of minutes. You can play each night, and if you play any more than that, you could get hurt. And I just, for me, it just takes me back to to, to a Steven Strasburg, who a few years mm-hmm. back, when he had a, the, the number of innings or pitches he could pitch, you don't know. They shut him down for the entire season. You don't know when or if you're going to get an opportunity to win a championship. So as a player, I want to play every day. I want to play every game for every opportunity I have to, to win a championship and help my team do the things that they need to do that as well. And they know that... As uh, as Charles Barkley calls us, we're old heads, right? Yeah, yes, we are. <laughs> but the reality of the situation is, players, in theory, should be in better condition now than they were in thirty yes. years ago, right? Yes. Yeah. So why was Michael Jordan able to play 82, 82, 81, 82, 82, 80, 78, 82, 82, 82? Why was Michael Jordan able to do that, and players today can't? Michael Jordan played eighty-two games at the age of. 34, and then he came back in his last year, and Michael played 82 at the age of 39. Yeah. Why was he able to do it? And most of his colleagues in the NBA were able to do it at that time, but current players can't. That And that's my question is, what do you think it is from the player's perspective of why they see that they want to just sit out and not play in the game? I think they – I don't know. That is a great question. I, I think they have been – uh, talked into this belief that it's better to not play as many games, yet you just ran down the numbers of the greatest player mm-hmm. to ever play and didn't miss games, didn't miss time. He missed time when he broke his ankle his second year in the league, I believe, but didn't miss a lot of times because players want to play. And that, I, I really appreciate what Anthony Edwards said Me too. a few weeks back. People pay their money to come watch you play. Y'all should be playing. It's a you're getting paid an enormous amount of money to play to play basketball, to play football, baseball, whatever the case is. People came to see you play. They're paying a lot of money to watch. Just show up and do your job. And I find it particularly frustrating 
that, for example, the Warriors will sit Steph, Clay, and Draymond yeah. on the road yeah. all together yeah. at night. Yeah. And what's the point if you are buying a ticket to see the Warriors, you aren't seeing the Warriors. What's not, the point yeah. of owning that ticket if you aren't going to see the Warriors? Well, and that's what I'm saying is if you see these star players doing it, then all the other star players are going to do it as well, right? Yeah. Because they see some sort of benefit to it. So how do you fix this moving forward? Because to me, it's like I I like watching NBA personally playoffs, but regular season, it's kind of hard for me important. to, it, it, it doesn't feel important, important anymore. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I have quit watching, unless there's just something big going on, I've quit watching regular season NBA in a lot of ways because I'm like, well, what's the point until playoffs? Because that's when you really see the stars compete. And, and that the, 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 the crazy thing for me is you have the low management and guys still get hurt. Mm-hmm. Like you're still going to have, you know, a sprained ankle where you're going to miss uh, six games or, or you, you maybe tweak a hamstring. It, there are so many things that happen in sports that you don't want to just sit out games just because you don't feel like playing that night or because the doctor said the, the staff says, yeah, you should sit this one out. You don't need to play. Each game is important. If you are in the Western Conference right now, each team is like five games apart. You're telling me that if Kawhi doesn't have load management or, or Paul George doesn't have load management, that they couldn't potentially be at a two seed instead of a six seed. All of those things matter. And so it's it's crazy to me that guys actually take the time and just say, I don't want to play tonight. I don't need to play tonight. We got 82 of them. I'll play in another. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll play in 74 of them, and we'll be good to go. And I've, if I were Brooklyn and now Phoenix, why would you sit Kevin Durant out when you know he – or if you're the Lakers with Anthony Davis, why would you sit those guys out for load management when you know they're going to get hurt anyway? They're going to miss time anyway. Yeah. It, it, it happens, especially with Anthony Davis. Well, Anthony Davis has had enough load management yeah. in his career. Yeah. He, he should be playing yeah. every game. And the hope is, and by the way, this was brought to the table by the NBA Players Association. The hope is is that both the NBA Players Association and the league can come to an agreement in which there wouldn't be as much abuse of the system. Yeah, And that's what it is now. It's uh, There are going to be players that are going to play <laughs> 76 games yeah. or, or 78 but I don't expect every player to play 82 games. But when a player is taking 15 or 20 games off, that to me is unfair to the business. We yes. were talking about this yesterday. What is the number that you think? They play 82 games. So do you say you need to play at least 65 games to be a part of these awards, 68 games? Because if you're if you're missing 20 games, that's a fourth of the season that you've missed. So what is that number where you could say, okay, 70, 68, 70 games and, and you're still – uh, eligible for one of these awards? I would say 67, 68. Miss, okay. miss 14 or 15. Okay. Is that fair? I, I think so. I th- I still think that's a lot of games to miss. Yeah. I mean, you, you might want to take, you obviously take into consideration injuries that happen. Bingo. So if a guy gets injured, like Kevin Durant is injured now, he's going to miss three weeks. If he was on an, on, on an MVP uh, track, you wouldn't want to take the MVP award away from him because he got injured. Or maybe there could be a stipulation like a real injury doesn't count towards those those games. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I don't know. They got to figure something out because it, it's it's too much and it's not fun to watch. I, I want to – if I travel to, to San Francisco and and Clay and Steph aren't playing or if, if uh, KD sits out because it's low management – that takes away the, the the entire purpose of me going on that trip to watch that game. And by the way, if a guy misses 20 games because of a legitimate injury, probably out of the conversation Correct. for MVP anyway, yep. right? Correct. Yep. I agree. 100%.
Should be, at least. Yeah. yeah. So, so Jokic plays every night. Matthew's guy plays every night. So he'll be the MVP again, third time. Yeah, they, they're, there's a campaign of uh, just, against Jokic of him not playing any you defense. Just, you just jinxed him being healthy in the, the Nuggets. He does. The, the Nuggets go are see. not going to going to do anything in the playoffs. That's <laughs> in my opinion. Anything? No. They won't make it to the Western Conference. Finals? No. Wow. Be a second round exit. Mm. Just saying. Well... Number 35 is coming back. He's a better defender than people think. He is not, but (laughs) go on. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up next on 101 ESPN, the NCAA tournament actually starts tonight, 530 here on 101 ESPN with the first four games. And we're going to talk to Tyler Fulgham, ESPN betting analyst. And we're going to talk NCAA tournament with him next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The most difficult is Purdue. And the reason Purdue is because they got Duke in their bracket. Duke is not a number five seed, but they could play him in a sweet 16. That is a tough matchup for Purdue. One of the few teams that Purdue could face that could actually have a guy in Derek Lively that can look Zach Eady in the eye. That's ESPN Seth Greenberg with Mike Greenberg on Get Up talking about the NCAA tournament, which gets underway tonight with the first four games played in Dayton. Texas A&M Corpus Christi is a three and a half point favorite over Southeast Missouri State and Mississippi State is a two and a half point favorite over Pitt. The betting odds are really interesting. We're going to try to hook up with uh, Tyler Fulgham of ESPN about the NCAA tournament. But when you look at what the tournament is it's the biggest betting event Mm -hmm. of the year because of ncaa brackets yeah it's so exciting i mean you have people that don't watch any college basketball at all but everyone at their at their job usually has a bracket everyone gets to fill one out and as you said earlier randy none of us really have you met anybody that filled out a a close to perfect bracket normally our brackets are are busted by the end of the first weekend just because Mm -hmm. you you may have been picking with your heart or or you have a team like saint peter's that makes a run like they did last year that bursts everyone's bracket but i think this season you know every year is also is always fun to watch um and and so this was not going to be any different. It's going to be fun to watch. You got Mizzou playing. You got Illinois playing. You got Simo in. You got some local teams that you can, uh, you know, have some some stake in what watching what they do and how well they play. How far do you think your Illini can go? I honestly, now this is not me being a homer, mm-hmm. right? I think we can make it to the Sweet 16, and I, and there's a couple of reasons. So the last couple of years, they were a, a number one seed, and and they lost to St. Mary, uh, not St. Mary's, Loyola, Chicago. Shout out to Maggie down the hall. And, and, then, <laughs> yep, yep. and then last year, they they were they were pretty good. They they won the Big Ten and and didn't didn't have a good run. But this year, there's not a lot of expectations. You got Arkansas in the first round, and then you have a Kansas KU team with a head coach in Bill Self, where we know that matchup. We had Bill Self as our head coach. So there's that part of it. But also Bill Self has been dealing with some health issues coming mm-hmm. out of the hospital, going back to coach. We don't want anything bad to happen to him. But I think, you know, that may work in Illinois' benefit, that he's not been around for a few days, I think a week or so. And you have an opportunity, if you're Illinois, to beat Arkansas and then go up against a KU team that is dealing with their own set of turmoil. Their coaches having health issues. They've got some issues in inside of their program. So uh, that may be an opportunity to, to make it to the Sweet 16. 
you're fighting Illini are plus 420 to go to the Sweet 16. So there put, it is. I'm, put, going, yeah, I'm going yeah. across there. Yeah, <laughs> going across the river and put, put down a dollar. 100. And by the way, Mizzou two. is plus 540 to make okay. the Sweet 16. I like that plus bet, too. Plus 540. I like that bet. I think they are uh, they are a team that I said can make it to the Sweet 16 just because of their style of play. Could win a couple of games. Brooke Grimsley is here. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis is here. I'm Randy Carricker, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and ESPN's Sports betting host Tyler Fulgham joins us. And, of course, you can see him on Daily Wager on ESPN 2 this week, Thursday at 10 a.m., Friday at 9.30, and then Saturday at 9.30 as well. Tyler, good to have you with us here in St. Louis. How are you doing this morning? Always a pleasure uh, to be on in the hometown and uh, happy to talk a little March Madness as we are gearing up for the tournament. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Of course, we have to talk about the local teams, Mizzou playing Utah State. What are your predictions with that one? And also, as Randy just mentioned, if Mizzou does continue on, the bet is plus 540 for Mizzou making the Sweet 16. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I I think they can get past Utah State. Utah State's a very, very good shooting team. I actually uh, I saw them play a, a Mountain West game against UNLV out here at the uh, Thomas Max Center in Las Vegas. And um, you know they got a guard who can uh, really light it up. He's got a quick trigger. Not, I'm not saying he's Steph Curry, but you know, he plays the game similarly. He gets the ball off quickly, and he can shoot. And I know Missouri's defense certainly not their strength, but – I do think this is a, a situation where it, the 10 seed Utah State, they're the favorite in this game. They're favored by Mizzou by a point and a half. And I'm just not sure I buy that um, based off what Mizzou did, you know, week after week in the SEC. I look at the SEC and the Big 12 as the two best conferences in college hoops this season. And Mizzou never really um, played, you know, back-to-back games where they looked like they were lost against that top competition. They played Alabama tough in the SEC tournament until Brandon Miller kind of took over. They beat Tennessee twice this year. They were a team that, with all these veterans that Dennis Gates brought over, um, was really tough to bury. So I think they can get past Utah State as a slight underdog. Playing against Arizona, um, that's going to be a tougher test for the Missouri Tigers. That's a big step up in competition. Um, so I think that's where their tournament probably comes to an end. But uh, I would not I would not say that there's a 0% chance that Dennis Gates and co. can't get to a Sweet 16. Tyler, we were just talking about the Illini. I am a former Illini, and we were talking about their possibility of making it to the Sweet 16. You got Arkansas, a team that I think that they can beat. And then you got a chance to go up against KU, uh, Bill Self being a former head coach. The Illini are plus 420 to make it to the Sweet 16. What do you think their chances are? Well, I, I will say this. I'd rather bet Mizzou at plus 550 to make it to the Sweet 16 than <laughs> Illinois uh, at a cheaper price. What happened to the fighting in the line after the bragging rights game? After Mizzou beat the brakes off of them in St. Louis, <sighs> Illinois was a shell of itself in the Big Ten. They did not live up to expectation. And I see Arkansas is a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite against the fighting Illini, and let's be real, both of those teams, Illinois and Arkansas, were kind of disappointing this season. Mm-hmm. Arkansas has maybe two or three first-round NBA draft picks, and for them to you know, come in that 8-9 uh, seed was really disappointing for Eric Musselman's crew. Um, I, I, think they, I think they are a one-and-done team. I think Arkansas gets them. Um, even if they get past Arkansas, really tough to beat Kansas. Um, so I would not be making any bet on the Illini to make it to the Sweet 16. I, as a matter of fact, I wouldn't be making a bet on them in the first one. I think they're one and done against the Hogs. You just broke my heart, heart Tyler. Yeah, he's a gambling guy. <laughs> <laughs> that happens in gambling. Hearts get broken, don't they, Tyler? 
Uh, hearts get broken. That's why they have all these big buildings out here in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Tyler, where are you finding value in this first weekend? That's a really good question. And I think um, what we were talking about last night on Daily Wager in terms of trying to find some value is the betting lines will tell you where there are, is some like value long term. For instance, there is a, um, a four 13 matchup in the Midwest. Indiana is a four seed. Kent State is a 13 seed. But Indiana is only favored by four, four and a half points in that game. You know, you look around other regions and that 4 13 matchup is, you know, eight points, nine points, 10 points. So that, that's, that's immediately alarm bells are going off. Wow, Kent State. Kent State's only a four and a half point dog at a 13 seed. They must be a really good, even if you've never seen Kent State play a single second of basketball, when you see that a 13 seed is only um, catching four and a half against a four seed, that's a team that you may think about penciling into your sweet 16. Think about trying to, um, you know, make a Cinderella run because obviously these, you know, risk managers and people responsible for building these big buildings out here in the desert, they, 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 they're, not, they're not giving Kent State 10 points because they know that the Sharps who uh, do this for a living, they'd be jumping all over that. So that, that's one in particular. You can look and see where betting lines for first-round games don't quite match up to the seeding, and that's one in particular that has stood out to us. I know, for just for me personally, I think the um, – the um, east, yeah, the east region is really, really difficult for me to try and you know figure out in my bracket. That's the one that I've had the most difficult time with. So there's one where you may look at a um, you know picking a you know six seed Kentucky to go all the way to the final four because they have Rick Pitino and because they have a lot of talent. They are playing some of their best ball at, at this time of the year. Duke in that particular region as well has won nine in a row and they are a blue blood blue blood program so um those are two things that stood out to me to try and find value in this dance for someone who maybe is more of a risky better and you know as we mentioned it seems like nobody can have the perfect bracket because it's always going to get busted there's always that cinderella that comes through is there a cinderella team that you think that you would bet on possibly this year yeah, that's what everyone is always looking for in their uh, on their dance card. And we saw it last year with St. Peter's. Remember, St. Peter's is a 15 seed uh, with a crazy run through the tournament. I mean, my, what I told my viewers last night on Daily Wager is there should be at least one selection in the first round and one selection in the second round of your bracket that makes you wildly uncomfortable, that you look at and you say, there's no way that this team is going to win. It's almost like fading yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like you should have at least one 12, 13, maybe even a 14 seed go to the sweet 16. Um, I know in that East region, Oral Roberts is a very dangerous team. If they can get past Duke in the first round, we talked about Kent state being, you know, just a four and a half point uh, underdog against a team like Indiana. So in the Midwest, a 13 seed that could make it all the way. I know we've seen a lot of 11 seeds in that 11 play in get hot and, and make it all the way to the sweet 16. So um, the, the, that, that's what I'm looking at right now. I think Kent state Oral Roberts, um, Florida Atlantic or Memphis, because um, they would play Purdue in the second round. A lot of people are probably going to have Purdue going deep because they are a one seed and they had a national player of the year in Zach Eady. But I could see one of those eight nines beating that Purdue and making it to the Sweet 16. So um, it's 
I wish I, I had something more scientific, but really, when you're talking about the NCAA tournament and Cinderella's, it really is just a dart throw. Who in the hell ever would have thought St. <laughs> Peter's would have did what they did last year, guys? We're speaking with ESPN sports betting host Tyler Fuljum. Tyler, which one of the number one seeds has the best chance to make it to the final to the to the final four and win a championship? Yeah, really good question. I think for me, Alabama has the easiest path to a final four. Um, when you look at the rest of that uh, that South um, uh, region, there, I mean, on the bottom, Arizona, um, Baylor is dealing with injury. But you look at the top of their bracket that they'd have to get by Maryland, West Virginia. I think they're wildly better than uh, another 13 seed that I kind of have in my bracket because I think they could win um, and make a deep run. Is Furman? They're playing Virginia in the first round, and they're only five and a half point favorites against Virginia. And the Cavaliers are certainly not the team that we've seen in recent years. But you look at Alabama; they're the number one overall seed. They have maybe the best player in all of college basketball and Brandon Miller, really, really deep. Nate Oates is a good coach, and they won, for me, what was one of the most, you know, two um, difficult conferences to win in college basketball, being the Big 12 and the SEC. And I just don't see it, especially at the top of their bracket in the South region. I don't see teams that really match up well or could give them much of um, an issue. So I really do think it's Alabama. They're, they're, they're healthier than, say, a Houston who's dealing with the Marcus Sasser injury. I think Kansas got kind of you know, put in a region of death as well. So, and Purdue has been a team that's kind of played with its food all year long in the Big Ten. So I think Bama's the, 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 the team that is most likely as a one seed to make it to the Final Four. All right, Tyler, just a couple more quick things. It is March 14th, 314. It is St. Louis Day. So, A, where'd you go to high school? It's Lafayette Lancer, baby. Class All right. <laughs> Very nice. And we had a draft of St. Louis foods this morning. You're out in Vegas. What's the St. Louis food that Tyler Fulgham misses the most? You got to go gooey butter cake or toasted raviolis. Um, but I will say this about gooey butter cake. It's starting to catch on nationally. Yeah. I lived in Chicago for seven years. Um, prior to this, and um, there's a national ice cream brand, Jenny's Ice Cream, that's really, really good. And um, Jenny started producing a gooey butter cake flavor. Now out here in the desert, there's a a, a very um, boutique ice cream shop out here, mom and pop shop that I go to um, with my girlfriend and uh, friends who come in town, and they have a gooey butter cake flavor that's a staple on the menu. So mm, nice. I, I don't know who's responsible for getting <laughs> gooey butter cake out there, but, you know, God bless them because people are starting to recognize <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Tyler, great to have you with us, and we'll see you on ESPN Thursday at 10 a.m., and hopefully we'll be able to do this more often. Love to have you on in your hometown. Absolutely. Love to be on and uh, chat Cardinals baseball, uh, chat XFL, Battlehawks. I mean, uh, they're off to a great start. We'll even uh, you know, can talk some MLS, but the dog's off to a great start as well. But always a pleasure to be on uh, back home in St. Louis, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Tyler. Take care. That's ESPN's Tyler Fulgham, host of The Daily Wager on ESPN2. Again, Thursday at 10 a.m., Friday and Saturday at 9.30 a.m. We're going to head down the stretch with an edition of Rock and Roll coming your way on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. 
signed up today today to play in this year's Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge. Register now to participate at 101ESPN.com and fill out your bracket. It's free to enter, and this year's top score will take home a $250 Fanatics gift card and a 101 ESPN prize pack. See the contest rules and get signed up to play in Bracket Madness now at 101ESPN.com. Brought to you by Neutral and Twin Peaks. And don't forget, the first round of the tournament tips off on Thursday and Friday, and we're getting you in on the madness with a live broadcast at Max Downtown Alton. We'll be live from Max with BK and Ferrario from 11 to 2 in the fast lane from 2 to 6. Come enjoy delicious food, the coldest beer, plenty of screens to watch all the first round madness and more. Plus, your chance to score a pair of tickets to Metallica at the Dome on Sunday, November 5th. BK and Ferrario in the fast lane are both live on Thursday and Friday for the tourney at Max Downtown Alton. All right, time now for Rock. And roll. A short one here today, and I'm going to keep this one Cardinal-based because we weren't able to get into kind of a re-hit. I thought Mike Claiborne had a great comment here talking about the outfield battle that I want everyone to hear again. O'Neal wasn't very good when he was here. Uh, Newbar was struggling when he was here. Carlson was dealing with some arm issues. He's a little bit better. I really don't know who those guys are going to be, so it might be a situation where it might be a matchup situation where maybe you hit a certain pitcher well. Maybe it's a lefty that you hit well. I mean, I, I think you're going to have to break it down to that. And realistically speaking, I think you're going to break camp with just probably four outfielders. Here's my thing about that clip, and I think I'm just going to roll with Greg Amzinger on this one. Are we underestimating wh- wh- how much in the at-bats and the importance of Juan Yepes to the Cardinals' offense this year? I don't think so. No, I think he'll be the primary DH against left-handed pitching. So I think he'll be a big part of it. And actually last year when he got the few opportunities he did against right-handed pitching, he was pretty effective as well. He can be a big part of this offense. And by the way, if there are four outfielders, there are plenty of at-bats for everybody. Even if you have Gorman and Yepes as your DHs, you can always find plenty of at-bats because nobody's going to play 162 games. So you can pl- find plenty of at-bats for each of four outfielders. And John Denton just put out an article uh, yesterday just talking about the outfield and the competition and kind of how that's also playing a role into the DH as well. And it seems like they're really, Ali Marmol is approaching it where he likes the competition, he likes how many how many guys he has, the depth that they have. And Dylan Carlson too, I'm still, look, I, I'm all with Klaibs on that Jordan Walker has been doing everything right to be able to start out there in left field or anywhere in outfield. But at the same time, too, I also have noticed, especially with the Cardinals, they will give guys more than one chance. Mm -hmm. Dylan Carlson hasn't been exactly terrible. I can see them giving him a chance, especially if he gets his arm fatigue worked out before the season starts. I mean, he has, what is it, like two home runs this spring, both from the left side, driven in seven runs. He hasn't exactly done bad. Also, you can see him in that DH position as well. I mean, the options seem to be really endless. And when it comes to Yepes, we talked about the other day, Albert Pujols was talking about him, that he sees himself in Yepes. I think that that's pretty big for that DH mm-hmm. role. Yepes hasn't exactly improved his fielding going into the season as well. So I see him more in that DH role. But you have so many options, including a Brendan Donovan, too, who's been really hitting the ball well this spring. I think, you know, Yepes is going to get his opportunities at DH. I think the outfield is is really rounding into shape of who's going to be where and what they're going to be doing. I don't know, do the uh, 
the World Baseball Classic ends on the 21st. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll have they'll have a couple of more days. So they'll have about a week, uh, seven to ten days before the season actually starts to even sort it out even a little bit more to figure out who's going to be solidified in that outfield. I think we, we'll figure it out pretty pretty soon here. I, like I said, I think Jordan Walker has done a great job, and he's proven himself. Long as there's no no long term effects from this shoulder injury from sliding into the base, um, I think Newt is showing himself <laughs> well in in the World Baseball Classic. I think Tyler O'Neill has done an outstanding job as well. It's going to be fun to see how this this roster uh, rounds out and shapes out to see who's here and who's not. That's the thing. There's a strong likelihood that one or two players. It, among the outfielders slash DHs that deserve to be major leaguers, they aren't going to be here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because I can't sit Alec Burleson on the bench all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you have Burleson, Newt Barr, O'Neill, Carlson, Walker, yep. I, I can't sit Alec Burleson on the bench and just bury him, right? Yep. So I need to get him at bats in Memphis, or if Walker, for whatever reason, doesn't isn't as effective when he comes back from the shoulder, I... I have no problem giving him some at bats in AAA, and it's interesting. You brought up Yepes as uh, against lefty and righty. He was actually better against right-handed pitching last year than than left-handed. So Yepes, there's no reason that he couldn't be your everyday DH. Which I, I think that may be what you're looking at. We we haven't talked about Nolan Gorman in a few days. It feels mm-hmm. kind of dirty because we we know what he's capable of doing. Um, but it it may boil down to. You know who's starting at second base, and, mm-hmm. and if they're not, they may not get as many opportunities to play as as they would like. Well, we haven't talked about him much because he's very streaky. So that's one thing yeah. that you would like to see improve. <laughs> he hasn't done much lately. I think you're right, Randy Gomez and um, Burleson will have to go down, get some more reps, see if they can fight their way back up. That just seems like the easy option right yeah. now. You can never have too many good players. No. That's the end of the. Death that's the bottom line. It's a good problem yeah. to have. Yep. All right, that is it for our show. Great job today, for the most part, by Matthew Rocky, our producer engineer. <laughs> Pleasure, <laughs> Brooke. This was fun. It was fun, and I'll be I'll be here again tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. <laughs> Me too, and forever. See forever. You. <laughs> Hey, and we appreciate you tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. T-Mac and Ajax coming up with a balloon party for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.